BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Don't miss your free chance to tune into Benzinga's very own bootcamp series on November 20th. If you're looking to dive into new concepts and grow your account, this one's for you. Um, yes, Ben, let's go ahead and kick off the show today. We have a packed show today, as always, um, at 1230, TV CEO David Gandler will be joining us. Uh, Fubo's been kind of a favorite stock among retail investors since the COVID pandemic last year. So we're going to get David on the show, talk about Fubo, see what's, what's next for the company. After that, we've got Electromechanica CEO Kevin Pavlov, ticker Solo, S-O-L-O, uh, Spencer. The craziest cars. I, it's, it's, they're tied. It's either them or uh, Archimodo are tied with like, the craziest looking transportation instruments right uh, out there. They look wild if you haven't seen them. It, it looks like a half a car. But they're delivering them right now. They're delivering cars. They are making them and delivering them. Uh, and also, I think they're uh, presenting at the LA Auto Show this week. Actually, I know they are. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that with Kevin. But two big time companies today. Andy. Yeah, and then uh, after that, Spencer, we have Jesse Kaler from Elite Trading joining us, and then. After Jesse, we got Gareth Soloway from In The Money Stocks. Uh, love having Gareth on. He's got some great information. So if you're more of a, a you know technical trader, you, you want to day trade, then then those are your guys coming on at 1 and one thirty. Um, but yeah, Spencer, without further ado, let's go ahead and get the show rolling. This is Ben Zinga Live. Spencer Israel and producer A.B. What's up, everybody? How are we doing? Someone told me buy high, sell higher. Call somebody, because Robin Hood's in trouble, okay? Let's get Matt Hammond on the show to talk some IPOs. Jake Ujasic from Trend Spider. We have a breaking news. Loving the new intro, uh, but I, every day, every time I watch it, I think it's something I want to change. Is that good or bad? Uh, you know, it's always good to be improving, to be, yeah. you know, to get that should feedback. Be, so should be taking notes, Spencer. So oh, I, they're all up here, Rohan. They're all mental notes. And there, yeah, Michael Feehan, you, you'll be hearing from me because every time I watch that, I think of something else I want to tweak. Nothing major, just small, small tweaks here and there. 
So uh, anyway, uh, I believe Mitch is wrapping up live trading with Benzinga. So welcome to everyone who's coming over from that show. Do us a solid. Do us a solid and hit that like button, please. Yeah. I mean, you know, all 18 of you guys that are here, there's no reason we shouldn't have. I don't know. Well, once Mitch ends the show, we'll get all those viewers. Uh, Trading Money's asking what's with the hats. Well, it's because he's what? Like the king or something? Is that what that means? King Joffrey. I'm the sheriff. I'm the, it's on my side. I'm the sheriff. He's the king. He's the king of yellow calls. Who's in charge? That's the question. Um, so we got a big show today. Uh, we'll, for the next hour or so, we'll hang out. We'll talk stocks. We'll talk charts. We'll talk whatever you all want to talk about. Uh, do some interactive stuff. Give away some free stuff. Give away some free swag because uh, we can. That's what we do here at Benzinga. Um, so that being said, uh, AB, uh, I see on here, I'm, I'm looking at the agenda that you made five minutes ago, and it says, first up, news headlines and top movers. That's what you wrote. Yep, Spencer. Yeah. So we've got some news headlines. Of course, this morning, uh, Target and Lowe's reported earnings. <gasps> uh, you know, that, that's been driving kind of the, the headlines today. Uh, you know, Target, Walmart, th- those types of companies, the earnings can be seen as kind of a proxy for the economy overall. It gives us insight to how how many goods consumers are buying. So um, a lot of people are saying the, the market kind of was showing some weakness today after Target's earnings. Target, of course, down about five, uh, yeah, five percent right now. But honestly, to me, the earnings didn't even look that bad to me. I think there's just a, a lot of uh you know worries right now with inflation supply chain issues so target's basically saying their profit margin um not as Here, high let's pull up a chart of, of target so we can see uh there we go okay so i keep going yeah so we can see that big leg down after after the earnings report this morning but um you know target did say in the report that they, they are working th- through the supply chain issues and they have the stocks um, or the shelves fully stocked for the holiday season. So I don't know. I mean, this could be an opportunity to go buy the dip in uh, in Target, but we, we will see because I, I think this holiday season coming up will be either you know poor for a lot of these companies or they will just completely blow past expectations because there's been a lot of tapering of these expectations for the holiday season. Um, we talked about it yesterday, Spencer, that there was a report that over 10% of people said they plan on, on not spending any money on holiday gifts this year. I don't buy that. I think some of the people that said that responded in that survey saying, Oh, I'm not going to spend money a month, a month comes, uh, rolls around and they, you know, get caught up in, in, in Dude, the yeah, holiday shopping. I mean, it's easy to say now, Oh yeah, I'm not going to buy any gifts. And then once it's a week away from Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever holiday you're celebrating Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa you're, you're thinking, Oh, maybe I should get my, my wife something. You know, maybe that'd be a good idea to to get my mom something. I didn't realize you were married. Yeah, well, I, I try to keep it on the down low. That's fair. No, uh, the CEO uh, was on uh, CNBC at like 6 a.m. or whatever, 7 a.m. And, uh, you know, he doesn't have to be bullish, right? Like the, like these CEOs, like obviously they're all, they're always going to be bullish their own company. But generally speaking, like the, they're honest when it comes to like if there's like an industry wide like headwind 
that they're fighting against. Uh, you know, it's something that's that's going to affect the whole industry. Some sort of problem, whether it's supply chains. They're generally like, they have to be. They're generally pretty honest because the SEC says you need to be honest uh, about challenges that that they're facing, right? And they and they point out, you know, they do point out risks. So he doesn't have to come out and say that this is going to be like a record holiday season. But that's exactly what he did say. He said it's going to be a record holiday season. He's super, super, super bullish holiday sales uh, for the for 2021. Um, and I, 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 you know, you, you see the stock down today. It's down five percent. I don't know if I'm buying this stock. I mean, I, I don't buy this move. I would buy. To be clear, I, I don't buy this. Move. I would buy Target now. I would buy this. Dip I, I agree. In and and I I I think I would rather have that from. Uh, you know, a CEO of a company I'm invested in about being honest about uh, potential headwinds, potential, uh, you know, hiccups that the company could run into, as opposed to a CEO that tries to make it sound like, oh, everything's, you, you know, roses and just everything's good. So I don't know. I think we'll, we'll see in due time if Target is able to to break those tapered expectations of the holiday season. Um, but the good sign to me is that instead of saying, oh, we're, you know, we're having trouble stocking our stores, getting our stores ready for the holiday season, they're saying the opposite. They're saying our our, our shelves are going to be stocked full. We're ready for the holiday season. Um, you know, there might be other places that you go to to try to buy something for the holiday season where it's not available. And maybe you'll be able to go to Target for that. So I agree, Spencer. I think right here is a good buy the dip opportunity in Target. It's been a, such a strong stock since the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so, yeah, let us know in the chat what you're thinking about TGT today, Target. Um, and then, Spencer, let's pull up Lowe's chart real quick. I was trying to find it. Before we did that, I was trying to find a picture. But I just found out the picture that I was looking at was two years old. Picture so. of what? It was a picture of Britney Spears at Target. You know, because like you know, the she came out of her conservatorship, and there was a picture that went viral, or that I saw of her, like with a card full of stuff at Target, and I was like, "Oh, her conservatorship is over." Where's the first place she goes? Target, but it, it was an old picture, so I don't want to bring that up now because not relevant to today. You want to look at Lowe's? Yeah, Lowe's also reported. Which Lowe's? Ticker L. Or ticker L O W. Um, the one where you can buy like wooden stuff. That's L O W. Is that what we're looking at right now? Yeah, you got to be specific. There's two Lowe's though. Here, let's overlay real fast. What's the other lows? Let's have some fun. Let's 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 overlay ticker L with ticker L O W. This is like Coke all over again. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. There's two lows. You know, there's two Volvos. But is it the same? Yeah, I know there's two Volvos. But is it the same? Wait, company? you knew there was two Volvos? Yeah. There's two car companies. Yeah. That are both called a Volvo. Yeah. We ran into this the other day when uh, yeah. the wrong ticker was. Yeah, it makes no sense. In an article. Hey, if you're a car co- car entrepreneur, whatever auto entrepreneur, and you name your company, why would you call it Volvo? There already is a Volvo. Whatever. Uh, to answer your question, uh, L O W is a home improvement store. L is uh, a REIT. Is it right? Isn't L a REIT? So they're different companies, at least. I, yeah, they're different companies entirely. Pretty sure L is a REIT. Let's let's confirm it in the pro. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's an insurance play. I'm sorry. It's an insurance company. I stand corrected on that. Anyway, th- this has been the segments brought to you by Lowe's. Um, oh yeah, thank thanks, Maddie. So Jay Rice asking me how's that Rivian Iron Condor going? We we do have a segment planned for uh, trades from the chat, so we will be talking about that uh, here in a few minutes. 
Uh, Matty Ice, I'm with you there. We're just waiting for the slow uptick on Rivian because we need the Rivian stock to be in between 155 and 190 to get max profit on our trade. So we will see. I mean, I don't Dude. know. Spencer, we've talked about this before, that there are studies out there that have shown that IP companies that IPO um, are likely to trade below their IPO price at some point within the first six months of trading or so. So the fact that Rivian has gone up so much since it so let's see real quick let's pull up a chart um whoa that was weird rohan what are you doing over there man that was weird so sorry rivian <laughs> opened right around uh a hundred dollars and went all the way up to 172 so what's that showing me is that some investors um and maybe a lot on the institutional side were able to get around 70 percent gains from the ipo date which was a week ago today um to the to the high we were trading at yesterday so it doesn't surprise me seeing the stock trading down today kind of some people taking some profits off the board anytime you can get 60 70 percent in a week it's just an incredible trade so there's no reason to to not start trimming that position so we'll see if, if rivian um finds a a spot where it's going to hold and kind of stay there for a while currently at 145 dollars a share about right now uh but yeah i mean Spencer, like I said, we've talked about this, that IPOs tend to go lower than their initial price. So we'll see if we see Rivian below $100 here in the next couple months. Uh, wait, where is it at right now? We, this is so weird because literally we were watching it this morning. Let me pull up a chart on the screen. 145. We were watching Rivian this morning. Where's my chart? There it is. Uh, preparing for, for pre-market prep, as we do. It was like 7 a.m. You know, we're all just hanging out in in, in studio talking about stuff and literally like that was the high of the day right uh the high of the morning where where, where were we right right there and then like it just started leaking it just started leaking all morning and uh if it, chad feel free to correct me but um i still don't think there was any reason any fundamental reason for this i know there is this morgan stanley note that they were bearish but like that note that note was out i think last night or at like 6 a.m that Morgan uh, Stanley was bearish. Yeah, where were they? One of the banks that underwrote the the IPO. Uh, ooh, that's a good question. It is a good question. Here, All right, do it, me a, do me a favor. Here's what we can do. Here's what we can do. Uh, I'm gonna go to uh, a calendar, a ratings calendar in Pro. I'm gonna search Rivian. Do we have any? Oh, we probably don't have any um any ratings because it's such a new it's such a new stock. Um, probably not. No, you know, the quiet period. Right. So I, I don't know. That's a good question. We should look that up. Did, did Rivian underwrite? I'm sorry. Did Morgan underwrite the Rivian IPO? Um, probably not. If they're going to issue a bearish rating uh, a week late, a week after the IPO. That'd be a bad look, right? That would be <laughs> a very bad look. Um. So so real quick. So we're not at our trades from the trades from the chat segment yet, but I do see James in the chat talking about Q's looking for 400. Spencer, can we get a chart of the of QQ Wait, pulled we, up? Did, did we finish going, talking about Lowe's? I think we got distracted. We did get distracted. Yeah. Can we go back to what was the thing about Lowe's? Uh, you know, I mean, the, the company reported earnings. We can... <laughs> Okay. You know, yeah, you know, it was. I don't know. Like, home improvement, it, you it, know. It, you know, like a year ago, this sector was so hot between Home Depot and Lowe's because everyone was building new houses. Lumber prices were rising. Uh, we see Lowe's, I think, at all-time highs um, right uh, now. I think you're right. So, shoot. I mean, it's it's showing strength. Are people still building houses? Let us know in no, the chat. Th- th- this is not a new – this is a, uh, a trade on – this is a trade against the housing market because people are going to want to fix their, fix up their homes, right? 
they're going to want to fix it rather than buy a new one they just fix up the one that they have because because the, the new houses are so expensive right and also building costs are going up so they're spending more for supplies but well um, now i mean so if we if we looked at the price of lumber lumber went crazy about six yeah. months ago and yeah. now has, has fallen down so i wonder how that impacts lowe's profit margins um but yeah i mean i don't know uh, the lumber futures is not a true representation of like the price of lumber right right that's that's like this that's like the speculators market the futures market and the spot market are are very often two different things um in most commodities but 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 we 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 use the lows and home depot uh earnings as kind of also a proxy for just the uh i guess home improvement sector as a whole so I'm curious to see how Home Depot is moving today. When, when did Home Depot report? Yesterday. And they had a pretty similar report to Lowe's? Yeah, they both crushed it. Is this the top? <laughs> he says, as they're both at all-time highs. I don't think so. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, let's, let's zoom way out on this. Let's, let's throw this ask out to the chat, Spencer. <laughs> Would you rather be a buyer of Lowe's or Home Depot right now? Do I have to pick one? Yeah, pretty similar. But if you know you had to pick one... um. I I would have to look. I would have to like see if there's any. I don't know. I, I would have to find a reason. I don't know. I don't know a reason right now. But I'd have to find an arbitrary reason to. You know what? Home Depot comes first in the alphabet. I'll go with Home Depot. Um, and also they've got. Um, I I listened to a, a podcast once with Arthur Arthur Blank, who's the founder of a uh, Home Depot. All how about, I made this? Yeah, how I built this. Uh, so for that reason, I'm I'm picking Home Depot. Totally arbitrary, based on nothing. Yeah, and I will, I, Home Depot I will say for that, you can also throw the argument out there that Home Depot uh, has ground to catch up with Lowe's. You can see right there that uh, Home Depot is up 152% compared to Lowe's is uh, 218%. Um, so yeah, you can make that argument that, hey, Home Depot's got some ground to catch up. You expect it to uh, revert to the mean, I guess, of, of the two. So maybe, 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 maybe. All right, see, look at him reading charts. Um, okay, so back to... So before, Q, Q, Q. yeah, QQQ, James said this. Yeah, James said QQQ is looking for 400. And what uh, I wanted to, to show here is, so anytime we have, uh, you know, upticks in the, the 10, year, 10 year yield, the bond market, uh, inflation concerns, growth stocks get hit harder than value stocks, right? We all mm-hmm. know this, uh, growth stocks go up faster, they go down faster when there's any fear. So to me, seeing QQQ having a strong week and up, about half a percent today is Mr. Market telling me, hey, we're not as worried about inflation or bond yield upticks as maybe some of some of these pundits and, and media is talking about right now. Um, and it's easy to for people to talk about inflation, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, it, it's what Mr. Market determines. And right now he or she is telling me, hey, QQQ or they or they still showing strength. Um, so James is looking out for that four hundred dollar level. Yeah, I mean that you're what what's your all time high? Three ninety nine sixty two, right? Like we're right there. We're fifty cents away. So yeah, the, the, that's just the question: is how in the midst of, of uh, every uh, concern, fear everyone's talking about with inflation, bond yields, whatever, it's like QQQ is just going to continue making uh, brand new highs every day. So I I really think that we're set up for a strong. Uh, year in 2022 as far as the overall economy and i would not be scared of you know buying qqq or investing in some of these growth stocks right now because i I think so much of this fear that's out there is hindering the stock prices a little bit 
Um, but yeah, Spencer, what are your thoughts? I mean, I'm looking at we're looking at this monthly chart here. The queue's going back to inception, right? Uh, the uh, the QQQ was uh, invented. If that's the right term in '99, I believe, or '98. Yeah, '99. So th- this is the entire history of the queue. Conceptualized by Invesco. Conceptualized, launched, launched, IPO'd, IPO'd <laughs> in in 1999. Um, and yeah, I mean, this thing, you know, I, I, this chart will never get old to me. There are people that were crying about overvalued stocks in 2013 and 2014 and 2015. We stopped going up for about um, eight months there in 2015. Um, And then in 2016, we broke out again. They're crying. Oh, and then we made new all-time highs in in the end of 2016. Um, And people were crying about overvalued stocks in 2017. We had the pullback in Q4 2018. Oh, no, this is it. This is the big one. Watch out. Nope. No, it's not. 2019, we have a pullback. 2020, COVID. Nope. V-bottom in COVID. Boom. Thank you, Fed. Thank you, Jerome Powell. Back up. New highs. Thank you, retail investors. Thank you, everybody. And, yeah, I mean, th- this this chart is it, it self-explanatory. Is self-explanatory. It belongs in every, like, investing textbook i think and yeah you mentioned that that people have been complaining or voicing their opinion calling for a cra- downside or a crash yeah about over uh, about uh you know overvalued growth stocks you, you know we can pull up individual names whether it's tesla people have been calling tesla overvalued since what 80 dollars split and like maybe it is but like who cares you know what i mean who cares so yeah ev stocks are overvalued so what <laughs> But I, I so what? But I think it's interesting because over time, um, you know, some of some of these growth stocks, Apple, Microsoft, have become so big and they're making so much money that there's an argument to be made that uh, Apple could be considered a value stock right now. Yes, there's an argument to be made for that because it's got um, a lot. I mean, Apple's got. Let's, let's look at Apple's PE compared to. Yeah, it's 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 if the Apple's PE here. I'll pull it up in Pro. Apple's forward PE is actually reasonable. It's like 26, 27. Yeah, let's go to the the Pro forward PE right there, twenty seven. 27 so you can pair- that's pretty reasonable right <laughs> like that's pretty on, on and so apple makes so much money they have so much money on the balance sheet warren, warren buffett's biggest holding is apple and of course he's a value investor um so it, it's just interesting over time to see this transition from some of the biggest growth names apple was one of the biggest growth names for so long now position themselves like oh hey we've we're actually a value company. We've got money on the balance sheet. We've got all this revenue coming in. Yep. Um, so I don't know. Apple just showing a lot of strength today, up two and a half percent, up two and a half percent today. Uh, we were talking about that breakout yesterday. All we needed to do was get through that 151.40 range, which we did. Um, I had some open Apple calls that I sold this morning for a nice little profit. But uh, the story goes, yeah, if I would have held them through th- this other one and a half percent gain, they'd be up a little bit more today. But can't go broke I, taking profit. I, I want to this this comment from Justin is is hitting close to home for me. Justin Woman. If I would have bet long all of 2020, I would have made a lot more money. Yeah, Justin, I have gone to bed many a night pondering things like if I had just went long up to my eyeballs in March of last year, right? Or April of last year. Um 
I I definitely was buying. I I was buying. I bought I bought stocks in in April. I bought stocks in May. I bought stocks in June. Bought stocks in July. Um, but if I just went like long to the wall in March, March the twentieth, March twenty first, March twenty second, whatever of last year. Yeah, you're gonna go insane, man. You're gonna go insane. And it's and I do it too. It is not that that is not a healthy way to think because first off, there will always be another train. Always, always, always. There are people that are train or trade, both train or trade. A trade train. A a trade trade. Right. A train trade. Um, People cried about missing Bitcoin when when Bitcoin ripped to nine to twenty and went back down to three. People were crying about it at 20. Oh, I could have had it at three. I could have had it at four. There will always be another train to catch, another trade to make. Crying about what you could have done, and we all do it. We all do it, man. It, 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 it It's not a productive use of, of your mental energy, um, I find. So that, that one hit close to me because I do that as well. And I'm so I, I'm, I'm talking as much to myself right now as I am to you. Um, but, you know, late at night, you're lying in bed. You're thinking about things and it's like ah only only but that's not how things things work we can't can't go backwards only go forwards only go forwards that's how we work here um yeah and i mean so i i you know kind of in the same boat i actually made a lot of money like really for the first time trading at the at the uh, onset of the covid 19 uh stock market crash i saw what was going on in italy in the world and thought oh hey this could impact stock prices here and i turn on cnbc and they're saying oh no don't worry about it and it's like yeah so I, I i traded some puts on some you know bigger oil companies chevron uh as well as some restaurant companies darden and i made a lot of money off not a lot of money that i had in my checking account and i kept a lot of it short and lost a lot of it uh when if i would have flipped it long i would have made like 10 times what i had initially made so lesson learned there for me um for sure and i think everyone else talking about it's like yeah it's it's easy to I, i think being on the long side proves time and time again uh to, to be yeah gen- right. generally that's a good idea is, is being long mike miller is apparently he's, apparently he's a really good trader in hindsight i'm also an amazing trader in hindsight i'm usually never wrong that'd be that'd be bad if i was wrong in hindsight um anyway yeah that's right hurt scrambler if you go back to the cues chart you were underwater in that for like a decade if you bought the high so it is what it is uh okay it's 11 55 here we do have some more segments planned on this show today including a name that chart ab i have a good one for us okay it's not apple that you're seeing right now yeah i have a good one I think we should do it a little bit later in the show, though. I don't think we should do it now. All right. So let's yeah. let's skip. Guess that chart for now. Let's go straight to trades from the chat. Um, so in this segment, it will be me making a live trade based off a suggestion from the oh, chat. Oh, gosh. So if you've got any trades you're looking at today, go ahead and post them in the chat. It can be as specific as Matty Ice's trade was yesterday, telling me which legs of the iron condor to buy. Or it could be simply, oh, check out this stock, and I'll look at the stock and determine what kind of trade I'm looking to make on it. Um, so, yeah, start throwing those trades in the chat. Oh, we see our first one from Jay's Life, IVR. IVR. What is IVR? IVR is, I don't know if that's part of this, Invesco Mortgage Capital. Is, okay, here what? we go. What is this? Young Money. What? 
Young Money. What is that here? Calling Wait. for some. Oh wow, he's calling for some Microsoft calls. Microsoft. Can we get Microsoft's chart pulled up real quick? Yeah. Spencer? What do you say? Three forty-five. Because this thing is absolutely ripping. Um, what are we? Are we looking at dailies right now? This is a daily. It is. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't it look? Does it look? Can we? Can we go? Uh, you want to zoom in? Can we go a, a little shorter time frame? Let's do a little ten-minute chart, maybe. How about a fifteen-minute chart? I'll, I'll that, take, that, that, that's what I like. I'll take fifteen minutes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this thing's showing strength. All right, I can get behind. <laughs> I can get behind. Wait, 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 wait. We had this chart up. Oh, I can't tell how strong it is. Go to this chart. Oh yeah, yeah, it's strong. Yeah. It is. Look at it. It's breaking <laughs> out. Like that's we get the intraday move here as opposed to just seeing the the daily moves. All right, I'm with you. Um. All right. Do we have any other good suggestions in the chat, or do we just do we just one with that. Airbnb. Oh. Uh, um, STBC gave me the expiration date too. Bros 55. Calls. Hey, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I I looked at Bros today for the first time in like a week, maybe more. It seems like it's out of favor. Yeah, we, I hadn't talked about it. We hadn't talked about it on the show. I've forgotten about it. It was all. It was the stock of the month in October. All right, I'll add this to the watch list. But what I want to see, Spencer, is just so we're looking at uh, dailies right here. So we can see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight red candles in a row. I want to see some sign of reversal before I get in on the long side. It's not technically eight because they, they you know, they, that the, the 11th was red, maybe a red on an open to close basis, but it was green on a close to Either close way, basis. Either way, the trend so. is the trend is there, and the trend is not fly going up. From me. This damn fruit flies follow me around the, the office. The trend is going down. If anything, I'd be looking at puts right now. But like I said, if we can find some support, if we can sign, find any sign of reversal, um, then I'll be looking at this on, on the long side. Um, let's see what other suggestions we have in the chat. Let me add some moving averages to this. I'm just curious. We got the nine day up there. No, born to be free. This is not live trading. This is different. This is Benzinga live. We are just taking <laughs> trades from the chat. Um, and he's gonna he, he he will do your trade. Yeah. Don't think he won't. He will literally do the trade that you tell him to do. He did it yesterday. Uh, elite trade. Elite trading. Jesse's saying buy the charge point call. Sell the thirtieth uh, to a little spread. Uh, that could be interesting. Uh, I I feel like the news catalyst we've been waiting for on the EVs. Uh, standpoint as far as the infrastructure bill is already passed though um date i'm seeing data dog i'm seeing prog i feel like i missed the prog trade to be honest so I'm, I'm not looking at that right now uh born to be free saying hut has more to run let's go back to microsoft prog is the second trending stock second number two trending stock today i'm benzinga pro oh my idea. god i should have just thrown those microsoft calls out a minute ago because they are up all right let's do it bye what, what young investor gave you the strike did he give you the expiration and everything wait young investor all right who'd you say it was it was uh the microsoft yeah it was young money i'm all right i'm sorry young money young i don't investor. think young investors trading options yet i don't know maybe <laughs> could be. i have no idea I gotta talk to Young Investor though today. We we, we should bring him on this show. To talk Wait, about someone was like mad at us for canceling on Young. Do we cancel on Young Investor? No. What happened? So he has an NFT project. Somebody was like was like tweeting shit at us, and I was like, I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about right now. Uh, yeah, Young Investor has a NFT project, and oh. they were talking about bringing him on the roadmap, but it was never confirmed. I oh. guess there was a miscommunication where he thought he was coming on. All right, at the producers of the show. Wait a minute, think he was coming. Does on. he have school? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Do, right. do kids in England go to? I don't know. Young Money 22, the 345 calls. 345 calls expiring November 19th. I'm going to go ahead and throw. Oh, I don't want 11 of those contracts. Maybe I do want 11 of those contracts. No, I don't, I don't think know. you do. 
All right, let's throw 88 out there. Or no, 87. Hey, can I ask a dumb question here? Yeah. What What is your account size? Dude? My account size? Yeah. Right now, I have... Okay, around... I, I just want to make sure that we're not, like, risking too much of it on any one trade. No, no. Okay, I mean, okay. I, I put out $86 for that trade. All right, I'm just checking. Uh, I am... I was a little confused earlier. Maybe the chat can help me out with this. Um. So, all right. I'll, I'll show you what I was confused about. So I, or earlier, I sold a call spread on Tesla. Uh, I closed it, I should say. And I wanted to see how much money I would have made had I not closed it because Tesla made a bigger move after 945 when I sold this this morning. So when I look at the trade, it's a, it's a debit spread. All right, you got to help me remember this, Spencer. So right. I had the 195 call sell. Or sorry. So you, sold the one, you sold the 1095 calls. Sold the 1095 yeah. Bought the 1100 call. Okay. And when I went to go try to like essentially replace this trade to see how much it was trading for now, it was saying it was a credit spread, not a debit spread. But it clearly says here, call debit spread. Um, so here, I'll show you what I'm talking about. Where, where did it say credit? I'll show you. So, okay. all right, remember this. I you, you sold the 1095s, you bought the 1100s. You're smart. All right, yeah. let's go. So I sold the 1095s. Yeah. Right. I did a lot, of, a lot of options, sold the 1095, yeah. bought this, the 1100. and see it's saying call credit spread. Maybe is it because it was the opposite because I closed it? So instead of buying, I sold. Instead of selling, I bought. I don't know. Again, I'm not on Robinhood. Uh, I have an account, but I have no, no money. All right, so let's there, reverse so. this. So instead of, I don't know, that's weird, buying... I'll buy yeah, the, this one and sell this one. Now it's the call spread. So, yeah, I mean, I, I made a few bucks on it, but I think I could have made two seventy-two. Let's see if the chat knows what's up. Wait, can you, wait, real fast though. You did, and and uh, Emmanuel, I see your question. Uh, we will get to that. Um, but you, I just saw you got a fill on the Microsoft. I did get a fill yeah. on the Microsoft. Okay. I, I think uh, uh, it looks like Young Money wanted the uh, November twenty-sixth. I got the no, I got the ones that expire tomorrow. So, uh oh, looks no, like we're Friday. Yeah, tomorrow is what's what? today? It's Wednesday. Oh, shit! <laughs> Since when? What difference does it make? It gives you an extra I, day. I just thought today was Thursday. No, I was fully convinced. No, all right, I would have bet a lot of money that today was Thursday. All right, Jesse, when, when you come on, explain that to AB and myself. Um, Wait, does he know? Does he know what's going on? It was because is it because what I assumed? Yeah, it was the reverse. Uh, all right, yeah, Jesse, we'll have to. Yeah, because it has to do with, with what happens when you close it. Right, right. right. Okay. But uh, even yeah. when I went back to, let's see. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Why? All right. Now, literally right when I bought the Microsoft call, it starts coming down. All right. We might need a new trade from the chat to make up for that one. Um, down about 17% on that one right now. Any other trades from the chat before we, we move on? Um. Well, who, wait. Yeah, who was the question? Emmanuel wanted to buy SEV uh, and he couldn't. Emmanuel, oh, I got that fly that was kill- bugging me. Good. Um, uh, it looks like you can buy. Em- Emmanuel, did you try to buy pre-open? Like, because Robinhood is not a lot of these platform, like newer platforms. Um, I, I don't know if 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 Robinhood was offering shares uh, of the IPO. If they were, and you didn't get, it, and you tried to get it, and you didn't get it, that's kind of the way it goes, right? Like. I don't I don't know, but let's just say 
that Robinhood was offering shares to their uh, users for of this IPO. They 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 have a set amount. They have an allotment, right? I don't know. I'm just going to throw a number out there. One million shares. Okay. Uh, they then go to all their customers and say, "Hey, we have some shares of this IPO. Who wants some? And how many do you want?" And then they get all the orders, and it's their responsibility to figure out uh, who gets what. Oh, so you're saying exactly at the open, not pre-IPO uh, at the open, and you couldn't buy it. Um, well, here's the good news for you, Emmanuel. <laughs> what are we open at? Twenty-three forty. Okay, so we're four bucks away. Um, oh no, we opened at um, twenty twenty oh six. Sorry, uh, we're seven bucks away. Uh, and you couldn't buy it off the open. That I, that I don't know. Um, buying these, you know, I, was it a was it a market order? Was it a limit order? Um, I, it, it's tough to buy these IPOs at the open because first off, you you don't know when they're going to open, right? So in this, this one, we opened at here. Let's go to a one minute chart. We opened at what time? At ten twenty six this morning, Eastern time. So we opened like an hour, 40 minutes ago. Um, I'm assuming you had an order. I'm assuming it wasn't at the open, right? You sent a limit order at 2350. Okay. Limit order to buy 2350. Um, well, <laughs> we haven't seen 2350 in a while, <laughs> right? I'm looking at the one minute chart here. Um, there's no way you put that order above the market. So we haven't sniffed 23 unless we did down there. No, we didn't. We didn't. Yeah, hold on. I'm just re I'm reading the chat here. Oh, Robert, I'm sorry, man. That sucks. Robert says he... He got a fill, but then his screen froze. Man, that really sucks. I'm sorry that that happened. Um, Tom got a partial fill. Wait, Emmanuel, why did you put a limit order for $23 at the open when the stock was at 20 Huh? All right, y'all, last chances. <laughs> Wait, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to help him out here, but I don't understand... What, what what he's doing? Why would you pay three dollars more for the stock when it was at twenty? You said you wanted to buy at twenty three. You, you probably could have gotten a fill, but I'm not quite sure why. Happy saying it didn't open until around ten thirty, so maybe by that point it was trading a little bit higher. No, we're on a one minute trade. It opened at ten twenty six. It opened at twenty, and within twenty minutes, it was at thirty two. I don't even know what this company does. It's an EV. Look, it's SEV. It's a European EV EV company. That's all you need to know. You How know, many publicly traded EV companies do we need? Uh, not we, we need more is the answer to that question. We don't have enough. We have a 20. We need more. Well, good thing we have one coming on the show today. Um, wait, what is this? Jason is texting me. What do you say? I don't know. He's, I don't even know what he, someone... Aaron Thomas figured this out for me. I don't know what's going on with Jason. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Robert, lucky you, Robert.
Oh, thank you guys. Okay, I don't, I don't know, Emmanuel. To answer your question, I'm not sure why you wouldn't get a fill on that. But I still don't know why you would even do that, though. Why would you even play? Whatever. I guess I don't understand why you'd want to put a limit three dollars. Right, okay, here we go. That's what I like to hear. Young money. Okay, AB, wait for Nike to get to the VWAP and grab the 175 calls for November uh 26. Is that what it says? Yep, November 26. Uh what's what's the VWAP? What 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 spot do I, am I looking for Nike to hit to get into this? I don't have the VWAP pulled up on my chart. Sorry, I'm trying to answer this question. For Nike? Yeah. On the VWAP? Yeah. I don't Can know. I see it? Uh see what well it's an audio message i can't like listen to it oh should i listen to it on the show what's it what's it referring to regarding i don't even know it's an audio message yeah uh basically there's uh some sort of i guess jewish event that someone wants to host at the office on sunday the 28th and jason was trying to see if someone's going to be around there's an event for jews and he texted indian people well i think it's anyone who's at the office but anyway michael murray has it covered i think but Michael Murray's half Jewish, which means he can half be there. Exactly. All right. Nah, why wasn't I included? On this I don't know stage? why you weren't included. I don't know why I was. Uh, all right. Whatever. The VWAP of Nike, is that what you're asking? Yeah. I'm seeing one, what, 171? All right. So I just need Nike to drop a dollar and then I'll buy the calls. 171.77. All right. Thank you. Uh... All right. Mine, mine's a little smidgen off, but you, you get the idea. Jesse's laughing at me. All right, Spencer, I think it's time for our guest the chart challenge. Jesse's laughing. Jeffy, Jesse, you can laugh at me, laugh, laugh at me to my face when you come on in 15 minutes. Um, all right, you want to do a, 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 a guess that chart? Yeah. I have a good one, but I have to get rid of the watermark. So Is it not the one that I t- texted you? No, it's not that one. Shoot. All right. Let me, uh, let me stop my screen share for one second. Just make sure that we're all... Oh. Well, good. This is all right. This, the chart I'm going to show you is the second best performing stock in the S&P 500 this year. That Crocs. is your that, that is your hint. It's not Crocs now. Um, let me just go to the right here, and we'll get rid of the the second best performing stock in the S&P 500. I'd assume the first one is Tesla. Right, I got rid of the price axis. I can I can show you guys the price axis if you want. I don't know if we need it. All right. Am I right on that though? That Tesla is the, okay. Seventy. Okay. There's the price axis. Okay. First person to drop this ticker in the chat, we'll get some free swag. Swaggy swag swag. Um. I honestly have no clue. Wait, maybe I should zoom out. Let me zoom out a little bit. I can't think of what the second best performing. Yeah, this is a full year chart. Do, 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 oh, do, we do, have a winner, do, 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 Janet Beecher. We need some music. Do, 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 Janet do, Beecher. Do, do, she probably do, looked do, it up because I gave a good hint. Do, do, Bath do, and do. Body Works. B B W I. Bet you didn't see that one coming. No, no, no. Apparently, we're all buying soap. So Bath and Body Works is different than Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> yes. 
Well, one of them is, you know, for the bedroom and the bath. One of them is just for the bath and the body. Got it. Right. What what type of products does Bath and Body Works make? Soaps, Soaps. I thought. Right. Anything else? Janet, help me out. Soaps and perfumes and fragrances and uh, what, what's like bath bombs? Yeah. Well, uh, perfume. Yeah. Well, Lotions. What, what's the what's the thing on the, the uh, shampoo? No. What's the the word? I don't can't even think of it. Forget it. Um, what are you trying to describe, Spencer? Trying, like, like essential oils. That's what I'm trying uh, to say. Essential oils. There you go. Right? And candles. Oh, Janet. Candles. All that AJ says is all that the girls want. It's candles. Oh, we did. I, there were so many headlines last year talking about how well candles were selling and that like Yankee Candle was just like selling out of candles. You, you want to see some good candles? Look at this chart. Right. That's what I'm saying is we should have known uh, from this candle demand that th- this would be a good buy. Janet, email us. With the email on the screen. Whoa, Jesse. Keep it PG in the chat. Shows at Benzinga.com. I don't even know what that means. Rohan, do you know what that means? Okay. Yeah, let's keep it PG if we can. Uh, Shows at Benzinga.com, Janet, and and only Janet. Well, the rest of you can email us too, but only Janet gets some free swag. Um, Oh, Denise is saying they want some like lighting in the bathroom or something like that. In case yeah, the lights go out or something. For the shower. R- R- Rohan's all about the value. Rohan, if we can buy lights, for the studio from there, you have my permission to do it. Yeah, can you give me one of those things that Jesse's talking about in the chat for the studio? Sorry. What I, happened to us? Not my I fault. I was going to say, you want it like mounted under the desk or something? <laughs> Just so you can like find cables down. Yeah, let's keep the show PG. Yeah, we, got, we got 15 minutes. We're going to have David Gandler from Fubo on the show. Let's, let's keep it PG at least until then. Um, so, hey. Smash that like button. You guys know the drill by now. I don't know. Ro- Rohan, when are we getting the soundboard up here? So I, so I can control I, I, it. Actually, I have a question for you guys. Um, because I have to rebuild the whole soundboard inside of my program. Um, if there's like a priority list or actually, if you guys give me like the top 20 sounds you want, I'll get that built for you. Can I get a Borat? Very nice. Oh, of course. That's that, you know. Oh, wait, that's not it. Hold on one sec. I'm screwing it up now. Very nice. Yeah, there there we go. That's like the only one I want. All right. uh, Last chance to throw a trade out there for me. I'm still watching Nike, seeing if we get down to that view up. Um, I'm I'm up on the day. I'm green, but there's always, you know, room to get more green. Um, You know, any any type of trade, I'll consider. Short side, can be long side, can be a spread. I learned how to do my first iron condor yesterday. Um, I do have those Microsoft calls right now. Ford is looking. Matty Ice pointed that out to me, that Ford, after the dividend, uh, could be a good time to trade it. I don't know if he said buy or Wait, was, so. it, was the dividend this week or something? Yeah, I think oh, so, yesterday I, maybe. I don't know. Um, All right, well, well, what about that? What about if you're if you're interested in a, in a good dividend stock, what are some suggestions for some good dividend stocks? Off the top of my head, like – slow I, I think it didn't stocks I think of like slow stodgy stocks like like Pfizer and AT&T right <laughs> like these stocks are not puts on puts on gush uh elite trading saying so gush is a leveraged ETF I don't know if I've traded options on a leveraged ETF yeah, before um so Jesse what's the it's so I see gush is already down 4% today what's the uh thesis there do you think just that oil is 
going out of favor right now that with the infrastructure bill more people are going to be putting money into uh clean energy like what what's the what's the thought process here? no no it's a trade is it oh it's just technicals it's a trade yeah just technicals. yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't make a fundamental call and use gush i don't think it's a trade um, here, I'm going to pull up my Robinhood real quick. So we're looking at Gush right here. Okay. I see NVIDIA thrown out in the chat. So NVIDIA reports today, I believe. Yeah, I think tonight after the close. Um, on that. Yeah, I mean, why not? Why not? Let's YOLO trade a, a, a NVIDIA call, right? Do we like it on the long side, short side? Uh, can we first look at like... Oh, you can't probably see it. In the, well, yes, you can. Oh, I, I think Elite's saying for like for a, like he's looking at, at for a day trade. Yeah, that's wait for Nvidia or for Gush for Gush. Yeah, yeah, that's what you would do it for. You wouldn't do it for like a. I don't really have the option to make day trades on my Robinhood account unless. Uh, uh, we we got to get that balance up, man. Maybe got... maybe we go to my account, which has like all like longer term positions. Yeah, I like, like the little... I like the idea, uh, Jesse. I just don't have. Better do a spread for some safety on Nvidia. All right, fine. I'll I'll. I'll I can buy that. So instead of just doing a straight call, we'll do a little call debit spread. Um, so here we can see. Let's zoom in on this on this little chart right here. So this is saying that if Nvidia is anywhere from uh, essentially three ninety eight or below, I'll, I'll be losing money. If it's above three ninety eight, if it gets above three hundred two fifty, then I can expect to profit one hundred and fifty five dollars off of a, a ninety five dollar risk. So I, I like that risk to reward um and yeah i mean I'm, I'm hoping for some good nvidia earnings it's one of my long-term holds but maybe maybe considering that that i'm holding the stock spencer maybe i should look at something on the short side you're because you're already long yeah yeah that's a good idea yeah but i think this is more fun no 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 that's more fun go hedging yourself is more fun you then you then you're guaranteed to be a winner but nvidia is such a monster there's no way it doesn't just Destroy earnings. <laughs> hey, do you guys hear that? <laughs> There's no way it doesn't destroy earnings. Heard it here first. All right. I can't wait for tomorrow's show. AD will be like weeping. I can't believe it. All right. But can, can I just say this? Can you imagine what will happen if for some reason it comes in below expectations? Yeah, the stock will go down a lot. Now. Yeah, it'll get like ripped well maybe maybe i can do that maybe i can do a little like strangle but here let's, let's let's see what i can um just play both sides here oh my god there's some crazy stuff happening in ipo land today you guys seeing this really yeah first we had the uh what the the sev which the ipo price on sono was 15 and it opened at 20 and we just now had up um braze ipo at 87 i'm sorry ipo at 65 opened at 87 so there's some just crazy premiums happening today with these ipos um yeah this chart looks ugly can't wait to hear how matt see you find out how matt hammond traded this next monday um damn man anyway all right well, so wait, what, wait, so what did we decide? I'm sorry. I bought a, a, a call spread on NVIDIA. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Expiring Friday. Oh my god, look at what NVIDIA did in the last like minute. That was all you. I think so. It went from 297 Dude, to that, you, you just moved the market. Someone's front running you. What did I do? What happened? Can someone can we go see if there's a news alert in Benzinga? Someone is front running you. 
happened to NVIDIA in the last five minutes? Nothing. Something, something, something had to happen. No. All right, y'all. That was our, our trades from the chat today. Is it, is it time for a crypto update? Should we do one? Yeah, let's do a crypto update. Gosh, not a lot has changed since uh, the last one of these <laughs> three hours ago. <laughs> Everything more or less still in the red. I guess Bitcoin outperforming relative, right? Bitcoin's down 1% versus Solano down 5%, ETH down 2%, Cardano down 3%, uh, Litecoin down, what is that? Can't even read that. 3%. Um, I am going to start, and I know I've been saying this for a while, uh, actively, actively buying dips in Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, I have some cash. I need to put it to work, and then I can't be buying just all stocks all the time. So... I'm gonna take a breather from doing the long from buying some uh, long-term um, stocks. I've got enough exposure there. Put some money to work in, in crypto. So every dip to me um, is a dip to buy in at least in Bitcoin and ETH. Unsure if I'm if I'm gonna buy a little more Solana. It's more of a speculative thing, but um, I, I look at dips as as a dip to buy. Um, so that's my play here. I'll be probably. You know, I'll probably buy more today. I'll just say that. I'll probably buy more today in Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, because I need more exposure. That's where I'm at. As a reminder, you can get some free Bitcoin. Free Bitcoin. Yes. F-R-E-E. That spells free. All you have to do is download that Voyager app, which I know is a stock that a few of us at Benzinga own, not myself, not you. Correct. Uh, Luke owns it. Jason owns it. I've thought about owning it. Um, anyway, use the offer code Zing. Get your uh, uh, make your first trade. Fund your account with hundred bucks, and they'll give you uh, give you fifty bucks in Bitcoin for free using that code Z I N G. Um, cool. That this has been your crypto update. Yeah, trade bunny. That tends to happen with me. Uh, <laughs> so, you know what. What uh, percentage do you consider a dip? It depends yeah. on on what stock. On a stock like Apple or Microsoft, like two percent is a pretty significant dip for me. But if yeah. it's a stock like, I well, don't like know. so, like Bitcoin, I would say like five percent, right? Yeah, like a two percent move in Bitcoin's nothing, but a two percent move in Walmart, something like that, something. So, so I haven't quite figured out. Do I like wait because like five percent dips happen like all the time, right? In Bitcoin, do I just wait for those dips, or do I just say screw it? Every single week at this time, I'm going to buy more. And do that until I'm. I think I'm you happy. pick a price. Like I think you see, you look at the Bitcoin chart right now, and you say, "Hey, if Bitcoin hits fifty-two thousand, I'm buying." That's a that's so long ways away, man. It's at sixty. It could be two days away. Eight thousand dollars. That's a. I'll be waiting for. I think I'm waiting for a long time. You might be. I don't know. Um. I don't know. Um, and Buffalo by uh by bicycle. It's a hard one for me to say. I use Coinbase. I was not scientific about that at all. I did not do any research. I just, one day I was like, okay, screw it. I'm just going to open an account. And it was the first one that I thought of. Um, and that's why I'm there. I've used uh, Kraken and Coinbase. So the way I see Coinbase, I see Coinbase as kind of like the, the establishment uh, platform. Sure. Like it's sure. very... Uh, you know, it's like using like my Bank of America app. Like sure. it's very polished. God, the fees though. Oh my um, gosh, they're insane. And, and it was kind of the first, I think, 
you know, the, the, the first app that was really easy to purchase to buy and sell Bitcoin on, I was going through my Coinbase history the other day and I actually bought a full Bitcoin back in 2016. You did? Um, yeah, wow. for about $410 or something. See, and he's not crying about, whoa, what if I had held it? No, I sent it to someone like a week later. Really? I don't, I don't know why. I don't know what for. For real? Yeah. Maybe some identification purposes. Maybe. <laughs> so something along those lines. Some illicit activity wow. for sure. But yeah, I sent it to someone a week later. Wait, uh, 2016, that would have made Aaron what, 18 years old? Uh 19. He did that pretty er- he did that pretty early though, because uh 2017 is when the bull run happened. Yeah. So. I know. And and at that time I was kind of beating myself up. I was like, shoot, I just sent that kid a Bitcoin. Like, what if I would have held that? It's worth eighteen thousand right now. It was four hundred. I can actually we can actually do this as a segment. I could probably pull up my coinbase. We can look at it, but yeah, uh maybe tomorrow. Yeah, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Um I do see our first guest here in the backstage, Spencer. Yeah, should we bring him on? David Gandler. Are you yeah. guys ready to talk streaming? Talk Let, Fubo? Let's do it. All Without right. further ado, Rohan, we're going to go ahead and bring... Uh, Spencer's got it. Yeah. David on the street. David, the CEO of Fubo. How are we doing today? Good, Spencer. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming back on the show after... It's my favorite show. Time it was just unfortunate what happened last time. I've apologized many times. I'm Wait, gonna... what happened? Can you fill me in? No, you weren't there, and I don't want to talk about it. Hi, uh, David. I'm Aaron, by the way. <laughs> Pleasure. Uh, uh, okay, so let, let's start with this uh, uh, question here, David. Uh, you guys uh, uh, recently reported uh, earnings, and I, I want you to talk about the subscriber growth a little bit and sort of what, what drove that last quarter. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Yeah, look, it's a it's a very sizable, um, you know, uh, growth that we've experienced uh, in the third quarter. I think that, um, you know, there's a, a multitude of things that were happening uh, in the third quarter. One is the size of the uh, subscriber base. The traditional, uh, you know, pay TV base is still 70 million plus. So you should anticipate every year that there will be continued uh, cancellation. So the macro tailwind is still uh, quite strong. The second thing that happened uh, is that you're starting to see, um, you know, our brand resonate uh, more with sports fans. I think this is the first time we've overtaken some of our, our larger competitors in terms of net ads. Uh, and then the, uh, the third thing that's happening is you see continued improvements in product, which are leading to, um, you know, improved retention. I think we're now in about, uh, I think 10 or 11 quarters now of improving retention year over year, we were down about 
improved about 70 basis points year over year in terms of churn. So, you know, you're seeing uh, a bunch of these different dynamics working together, and that obviously results in uh, higher subscriber numbers. Got it. So, so David, we know that um, advertisers are willing to pay a premium on commercials during live sporting events. You know, so so much content that's out there is not watched live anymore. Sporting events being one of those that that are typically watched live. Um, do you expect this trend to continue of, of advertisers paying a, a higher premium for commercials during sporting events? Uh, and how are you at Fubo taking advantage of this trend? Well, um, I think that trend will certainly continue. Um, sports is great programming. I think it um, allows brands to participate uh, in environments that make people feel good. Uh, I think brand awareness uh, typically is higher within sports content. So you're going to continue to see, um, you know, strong growth in CPMs. Uh, and it is the most premium programming available. It also um, yields the greatest number of viewers in a specific time. So you're able to really deliver against uh, gross rating points. So I think that is probably uh, will remain intact. In terms of what we're doing, I mean, we're known for sports. We have over 50,000 sporting events uh, on the platform. And, um, you know, what we're seeing is we're continuing to expand the number of Fortune 500 advertisers on the platform. And then when we look down the list of total advertisers, that list has grown tremendously year over year. Again, that's reflected in a uh, in our uh, total uh, revenue, which is up 147% uh, year over year. And even those uh, increased advertisers, what we're seeing in the base from last year is that the spending levels are also greater. So everything that we believe um, results in uh, healthy uh, growth in ads, we're, we're continuing to see those KPIs uh, being impacted in a positive are, way. Are you seeing that? Is, like, is that like an industry-wide macro trend or is there something unique to Fubo where advertisers are just increasing their spend with you, you specifically? Well, I, I think if you look uh, at advertising in general, uh, you know, you'll see that the macro trend is TV advertising dollars moving to connected devices, advertisers mm -hmm. looking for more addressability and being able to target in ways, um, you know, that allow them to better optimize campaigns. So this is something I think is more of a macro. We've talked about this macro along with the pay TV uh, decline macro. So, um, so, so logistically, David, how, how does the advertising on Fubo work? Like if you're streaming a sporting event, that's be, that's also on uh, ESPN. Are you not getting the commercials that's aired on ESPN? You're selling those commercials, that commercial space separately. Yeah, so these our deals are very similar, or I should say the same as the traditional cable companies. We get a certain allotment of time uh, within a channel on a per hour basis, and we have the right. We get we get ad marks that come in through the stream before that stream gets to the video player or to your device. Uh, we'll be able to add an in-stream advertisement. So to you, when you receive the, the full stream, you know it looks. Uh, like like any other TV, uh, you know, stream. So that's effectively how it works. Um, we are two weeks, David, into life of uh, Fubo Sportsbook. You guys yes. watched in Iowa two weeks ago, uh, two weeks ago today, I believe. Um, yep. What can you say about that? Two weeks in, any any takeaways we've had so far? Yeah, no, I think there's. Um, we, we we're learning a lot. Uh, we're spending very little to better understand what the economics might look like. Um, I think from, from our perspective, there's a huge arbitrage opportunity. 
what we found is the cost of acquisition for sportsbook, and this is based on earnings reports that we're looking at for third quarter. You know, those numbers are pretty high. You're talking about eight hundred dollars to a thousand dollars per customer. Uh, we think that the arbitrage opportunities that we continue to add subscribers and we've done a really good job selling attachments to those subscribers, which are now over two point two million. We have very, we're very confident we'll be able to also sell in the betting products. So the arbitrage is if it costs us, you know, one to one point five times first month's ARPU. That's kind of how we've been uh, guiding the street for five or six quarters now. Um, you know, we think with the number of net ads that come in in September and the number of trials, obviously greater than the number of net ads, uh, you know, we think that we can pick off a good number of customers right into the book with very low or marginal uh, player acquisition costs or up to no cost if we're able to get them to use both products. So our tactics might now include more of uh, increasing the number of market access licenses or increasing the, the footprint to be able to unlock more subscribers, to be able to drive them into the book. But overall, we're very bullish. I think there's a lot of product opportunities that are available. And as you know, uh, we were able to get something approved that no one thought was possible uh, by the regulators, which was to be able to leverage our TV uh, data, uh, to be able to update bet slips as you kind of change channels. Um, that to me is, a, is sort of uh, a first generation look at what's to come you know, over the next 24 to 36 months. So we're, we're in Iowa. We got that launched. Um, yeah. What other states are you considering? And is there a potential timeline there? Yeah. So I think, the, you know, we announced uh, five market access deals. So Iowa was the first. We then announced, I believe, Indiana uh, and New Jersey uh, after that. And then recently we've announced Pennsylvania in Arizona. So what you should anticipate is in the first quarter, we should probably roll out another, you know, one to two states. Um, and we'll have the five states that we already have market access licenses rolled out uh, through the end of 2022. So that's sort of the game plan today. Uh, we've got a lot of product features to work on, but I think that there's an opportunity to, to really build in some defensibility as we grow our primary business, which is the video streaming business. And I want to follow up. You, you were talking about the ARPU, right? The average revenue per user. Um, when you look at the, the ARPU of, of Fubo compared to like the ARPU of, uh, of a Roku or um, it, some of your peers, um, Fubo's is a lot higher. Yeah. Um, what, what, can you explain why? You know, we have a very premium lineup of content, which includes over 50,000 sporting events. Uh, it also includes regional sports networks in, in um, a, a great number of regions. Um, and it's got over 200, you know, premium channels and 30,000 VOD assets. And it's just a, it's a service that has um, not only content, but a great sort of set of product features. Um, and that seems to be driving engagement. Um, and, you know, we're, con we're able to continue to uh, raise, our, um, you know, ARPU uh, uh, numbers, and that's up 10% year over year. But what it also speaks to is the value of live television. People still like curated TV. 90% of our viewership is still live. 94% of our viewership is on connected devices. So I don't think that changes. And, you know, some people may say, well, I'd rather watch on VOD. 
I'm not saying that that's not a good viewing experience, but what, it, what I also want to note is that if you think about Spotify, which is a music service, notice how, you know, you can build your own playlists, but people still listen to the playlist services that are curated by Spotify. So think of rap caviar True. being like, um, you know, a CNN or a, you know, a USA network or even an HGTV. So there's still a lot of value in that. And I think one of the problems that Netflix is still dealing with is how do you get someone to watch a video, right? How do you get someone to invest in watching four or five minutes to realize whether or not they, they want to continue with that TV series? So I think live TV still has a lot of value. And frankly, Netflix is, is copying elements of live TV. Notice before in the early days, it was all thumbnails and you kind of pick a thumbnail to watch. Now, as soon as you roll over a show, they start playing it right away. That's got sort of some of that TV, um, you know, uh, characteristics that, um, you know, we are very familiar with. So I, I think that there's still value there. Uh, people will probably watch a combination of the two. Um, so, so, David, last year, I believe it was, <clears throat> excuse me, before Fubo was uh, publicly listed, it was disclosed that Disney held a kind of a surprise stake in the company. Um does Disney still hold a stake in Fubo? No, they do not. Uh, Disney's stake, uh, I think Disney acquired its stake from Fox as part of the acquisition of uh, the Fox cable nets. So I believe they acquired a portfolio of uh, equity that Fox was building up in, in other companies. Got it. Understood. Um, good, good question. Thank you. Good question. Uh, we'll, we'll- <laughs> I forgot. I'd forgotten about that actually. Honestly, well, I, I was curious about <laughs> it because, because yeah. at the time Disney, well, I mean Disney's still a huge player, obviously in the in the live sports industry with ESPN and, and whatnot. Right. So I was wondering, um, I, I guess if Disney was, you know, what they saw in Fubo, saying like, oh, they're doing something differently than we are, and we want to have our our hands in this game. Yeah, I mean that's not the case. Um, you know, we like being independent, and hopefully, we get to continue to. Uh, demonstrate our ability not only to forecast but to beat and raise expectations. One of the downsides, though, of the independence is uh, you are subject to the whims of Wall Street, right? Um, Indeed, what, we are. Do, do, do you have Do you have a message here? And I'll I'll pull up the chart here. Do you have just a message to like, you know, investors who are just rightfully so maybe feeling a little frustrated because it's obviously a growth in industry um and, and this is not unique to fubo the every high-flying casino stock DraftKings, or pen all in massive downtrends uh, roku. roku roku in a massive downtrend uh fubo looks appears like they actually the shares have stabilized around 23 but obviously yeah. you know nothing compared to where it was at this time last year so um or late last year so do, do you have a message to, to the shareholders who are just like scratching their heads like what is going on here yeah well you know i can tell you i was scratching my head as well because um this yeah. was a pretty phenomenal quarter uh by any measure uh you have massive sub numbers i think we had analysts that had us pegged at you know one million in like 2024 so uh we're, we're bringing forward our sub numbers ad revenue continues to grow the macro tailwinds are still intact uh you know our margin profile continues to expand we launched the book uh, exactly when we said we would, um, you know, but I think it takes time. And, um, yeah. you know, as much as anybody else, I'm pushing as hard as I can. The people around me here at Fubo are also pushing very hard to deliver results. Um, but, you know, these things are, um, 
you know, as you said, we're uh, we're at the whim of the market. And what I do know is as fast as things have come down based on the chart that you're showing here, they can move pretty quickly to the upside, too. Uh, I think there's enough beta we've learned over the last 12 months in Fubo to know that anything can happen. But I think the one thing is clear as we continue to take market share. And I do believe it's only a matter of time before, uh, you know, institutions uh, realize that, you know, this is going to happen and it is happening. And sometimes, as you know, as you get validation, sometimes it's too late, right? I mean, we've seen Amazon and other stocks over the years, over the decades, you know, come in and Tesla's had a pretty rough go initially. Netflix has had a rough go initially. So um, it's part of uh, what we do. And our job is to stay focused and maintain our vision and continue to deliver results. That's all we can do. So, David, we, we, we've discussed uh, the subscriber growth, but I, I just want to retouch on this. So last year at the end of the second quarter, Fubo subscriber base was uh, a little bit more than a quarter of a million. Today, it's more than a million. So uh, we're looking at like a 300 percent growth in subscribers o- over the last year or so. Is this subscriber growth sustainable? Look, I, I don't know if you can sustainably say that, you know, 300 percent is the right number. Um, you know, my sense is that growth that's 30% plus per year is more than enough to be considered, you know, a growth stock. Um, again, we have over 70 million people in the pay TV universe. I think that there are opportunities for us to continue to take share. And, um, you know, if you just take the 20% net ads that we took of cable this quarter, uh, you guys can decide if you want to give us a haircut, whether it's 5%, 10%, 20%. But if you believe there are going to be 50 million people in the live TV ecosystem, you know, 20% of that is a pretty robust number, uh, which would put us at levels of like a dish or a Comcast. Um, not a Comcast, but closer to a dish. But, you know, anything, you know, we were thinking that, our, that the number we were looking for, we, we were thinking we were going to be top five virtual MVPD, but I think what's become really clear, we are going to be top three player. That hands down, I think we can say that uh, with confidence and we're going to continue to do our best to take as much share as we can in the in the market. All right, we got a bunch of questions in the chat. We don't have time for all of them, unfortunately. Yeah. I just want to ask this one from, uh, from uh, Jesse. He's just asking like long-term, what are the biggest challenges that you, you or the industry is facing over the next five years? So, um, you know, I think... For Fubo, it's just a matter of time, right? We continue to deliver. Um, I think that what you're going to see is a transition. I like to say we've gone from bundling to unbundling to rebundling. I think it's very unrealistic for streaming services um, to succeed over the long haul. That's why everyone's so focused on global numbers and not U.S. numbers. At the end of the day, it's really what U.S. numbers that drive uh, profits. And, um, you know, I think that there's going to be a lot of testing over the next couple of years by a lot of these groups to try and figure out what's best. Reality is we just need to keep growing. Uh, And so for us, reaching profitability is about, you know, reaching multi-million subscribers. It's not a massive number. But if you look at our advertising uh, revenue, you know, I think that this could be a very profitable business. So for us, it's really going to be investing into the future. Uh, today, because we are a growth company, we're six year, we've been in business for about six and six and a half years. Um, but really, it's about execution. I don't really see any existential threats as I once did. Um, so I, again, I think we're in a pretty good spot, and that million number really shows that you know we're very close, if not 
reaching already, you know, some level of escape velocity. All right, just the last one here, David, and this is also from the chat and following up on what you just said. Would would uh, an Amazon or would other OTT platforms acquiring sports rights, would, would that not be considered an existential threat, like a YouTube TV or whatever? Uh, well, what, we can actually talk about real data. Uh, we lost uh, La Liga rights, which is the Spanish soccer league rights. We built our business on Spanish league soccer. Uh, we lost those rights in the third quarter of this year. As you can see, churn was down uh, 78 basis points uh, from our earnings report, uh, and we exceeded a million subscribers. I don't think there's any one sport other than the NFL that really drives that. And for the next 10 years, those rights are going to be on broadcast television. The other thing I will say that if you are a premium rights holder just below the NFL, uh, you're going to want to have uh, the greatest distribution to be able to drive sponsorship sales. And, you know, if I own league rights or I own IP, you know, I would certainly want to have some combination of cable television and broadcast television to ensure that, you know, my content's being marketed and my, my league is growing. So uh, I think that's probably what every IP holder has in mind going forward. And again, the ecosystem is still too great for folks to kind of, look to third parties to, you know, hide content, or as I like to say, squat on content, you know, on their uh, own streaming services. George just dropped us a tip to ask if you're, when you're going to expand to the UK or if or when. We love the UK. You know, I think we just got hammered uh, when we announced our French acquisition. So we might have to <laughs> hold off on the UK a bit. <laughs> All right. You heard it from the man himself, George. Uh, David Gandler, the CEO of Fubo TV. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to you, sir. Have a good rest Thank of your day. Thanks a lot. Yep. Thank you, David. All right. Uh, hey, guys, smash the like button. Let's go. We're getting some big time CEOs on the show today. We got David Gandler, uh, CEO of Fubo. This, I'm not sure what this view is. That was weird. We, we, we got David Gandler on CEO of Fubo. We're talking electric, electromechanica EVs with uh, uh, Kevin Pavlov uh, in couple of minutes here uh ticker s-o-l-o so uh big time show today big time guest this show is free this show is free you don't have to pay for it it's on youtube the way you can show us some support is by hitting that little thumbs up button and not even the thumbs down because they're going to get rid of that so those of you that don't like us tough you're, you're not going to have a way to express your displeasure i guess you can in the chat but um thumbs up we'd appreciate that it helps us out it sounds dumb but that's the way the world works, man. What can I say? Thank you, Adam. Thank you, even like, and just to be clear, we don't hate negative feedback. We embrace feedback of all kinds, good or bad, right? Yeah. Shout I mean, out always right in the chat. Yeah, Always <laughs> right was not a fan of the questions. Totally fine. That's why we have the live chat. If, if we didn't like it, that kind of stuff, we would get rid of the live chat, right? Um, always right. What would you have asked? Serious question. We, as you just saw, we asked questions from our chat. What would you have asked? Yeah, Tell and I mean, I, I, you know, when I when I ask a question about subscriber growth, you know, three hundred percent in a year is a lot. Of course, it's probably not sustainable. But I want to hear what the CEO has to say, and if yeah. he says it is sustainable, I want to hear why uh, he thinks it is sustainable, or what they're going to do to try to match that growth the next year. So I don't. Uh, I, I don't think it's necessarily a stupid question, but you know, we, we, we will do our best to continue to bring on strong guests and ask them 
uh, questions that we as investors or if we were investors of the stock would want to know and, and want to ask. So, uh, you know, sometimes Spencer and I both have a, a media background. Sometimes the most frustrating thing is when people get good guests and then they ask just softball questions. So, uh, bro, yeah, I mean. This is not like CNBC where you have to yell at your TV and be like, stupid question, bro. Here well, you can, I, always right. Us. Always right was yelling at, at his uh, computer, TV, whatever. He yeah, but we here something. we acknowledge it. We'll ask your question sometimes if we have time, if we if it's appropriate. Yeah. Elite, we, I, like Jesse, I hear you, man. I've, I'm trying to tell you, though, I can't day trade. I, I don't I don't have the capability. I can do like one more before I'm restricted on Robinhood. So you got to give me something I can buy That's today and sell tomorrow. Uh, unless you have $22,000 you want to send my way so I can get above that $25,000. We will get you there. We will get you there. Hopefully. I, I'm, yeah. Um, we need more YOLOs. Shout out Brent Slava in the chat. He threw us a super sticker. I'm not sure why. Brent, uh, give me your Venmo. I'll Venmo you that 10 bucks back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Brent, we miss you in the office, man. When are you coming back? We do. Ever. Never. Oh. Oh, Jesse, if you're still out there in the chat, it looks like Nike's getting close to that VWAP 170, 177. We're at 171.99 right now. Um, let's see what else is on the agenda for today. Hey, can I have your charger? Uh, yeah, yeah, you can have my charger. Thank you. My computer's looking see, good. Th th this is how we do things at Benzinga. We only have one charger for the whole office. So oh, it's fine. I mean, it's charge. a good... It, it makes... You know when you're taught in preschool like how to share? Yeah. It's it's a good reinforcement of that lesson. I feel I feel rejuvenated already. Yeah. Thank you. It's like uh, yeah. I, I I have pleasure in giving you my charger, Spencer. That's great. <laughs> All right. Uh we're waiting for uh, uh Kevin Pavlov from Electromechanica. I believe he's coming to us live from the LA Auto Show. So Zoli, what's going on, man? Producer Zoltan. <laughs> What is going on with our next guest? Rohan, can you get Zoli on the phone so he can get Kevin on the phone to see what's going on? Um, all right, y'all. Let me know in the chat what we're watching. I'll pull my Robin Hood back up to see if we've got any trades formulating. Uh, yeah, let's just keep an eye on like the, the crazy flyers here. I'm just watching. This like is a, ugly, Spencer. Like I'm watching Rivian here. My portfolio is in a downtrend on the daily chart. Yo, I, I looked. At, I looked at my portfolio today, and I didn't realize this because I, I don't. I don't sort it every day by like total performance. But I'm up in every single position. Not to brag. Well, yeah, I mean, because you're in cannabis, which has had a very strong week, and you're in. Wait, I, you're I, up I, in Disney? Yeah, I'm up in everything. But I haven't bought like the last time I added something to my portfolio. Uh, this is this is like my longer term thing. The last thing I added, I think, was like in the spring. I haven't bought anything since like since the springtime. Wow, Disney's really come along, come down. I, I, I think way. the last thing I bought was I bought one share of Berkshire Hathaway because I really wanted to go to the end. the big one. <laughs> yeah, the class <laughs> A shares. I bought one one class A share just because I wanted to go to the uh, the annual meeting, but it was virtual this year, so I I, I couldn't go. Wow, the stock's um, down two thousand percent or two thousand dollars today. Yeah, no, I bought one share just so I could get invited to the meeting. Um, that's on my bucket list. Bullshit. So it, what? You didn't buy a class A share. No, I want a class B share. What do you think? I, you said class A. Because you, it was a joke. Jeez. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't buy a class A share. I don't have 300 grand lying around. Why'd I be here? <laughs> no, I bought, I bought one class B share just so I can go to the meeting. Hopefully, I'll go next year. That was the last thing I bought, I think, in the, in the, in the long-term portfolio. Um... Okay. Thank you, Starlight, Starbright. Zoltan. Figure it out, man. Zoltan is also like, by the way, um, 
not he he just went home to visit his family, so he's not even like in our hemisphere right now. Oh. But he's working. Fuck, dude, language. Shoot, what just happened? My trades aren't working out. Oh. Um, shout out Janet. So we got Janet's email. She was our ch- uh, guest chart winner. Uh, she said she did not know that Bath and Body Works was the number two winner of the S and P, but she gets a lot of stuff from there. Uh, and I like that, Maz. You know, I like investing in companies that I'm also a customer of because, uh, you know, it's a good sign that like, oh, hey, I use an Apple computer. Maybe I should look at Apple stock, whatever it is. Um, Spencer, what what stocks are you invested in that you're a, a, a cons- consumer of? Good question. The, I know not the cannabis stocks. Um, No, I mean, like I, you know, what's weird is really enough about the cannabis stuff is when I go to the uh, the dispo, I haven't been in whoa a few months, but when what what well it's legal. Okay. Um, when I go to the the dispo, I actually like don't, I won't only buy products because uh, I own I own Cresco, I own uh, True Leave. Well, Cresco is only in what Illinois, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, True Leave is mostly in Florida, but I, I won't only buy. I, I'm not. I don't have any brand loyalty is what I'm saying. Um, but I'm also not like a super knowledgeable cannabis consumer. I'm getting there, but I'm, I'm not at that point yet. So, so cannabis is not, is not, doesn't really fall into that category. Uh, what companies, uh, stocks or ETFs do I own from companies that I use? Yeah. Um, I guess Disney, are you Disney, Disney, Plus, Disney, Disney, Disney would be one. Yeah. I have Disney plus, um, I, who's in charge of Disney's IR. I've got an idea. I think if you own, a share of Disney stock, you should get one free pass to Disney World a year. Whoa. One share? Yeah. How much? It's probably I, about the same. Like a, a ticket to Disney World is probably 150 bucks. That's how much a share is. Dude, that's a good idea. Yeah. Who who do we have to call or email to make this happen? Disney make- IR. Or or we just start buying some shares of Disney and plan a hostile takeover. You and me, corporate raiders. Yeah, <laughs> that would be very funny. Okay, I see our next guest here. Uh, we have Kevin Pavlov um, from Electromechanica. Let's get him on the show, Mister Pavlov. Do we have him? Yeah. Hi, how you hey, how are we doing today? Excellent. How's it going? Fantastic. Fantastic. Whoa, I'm hearing an echo, Rohan. Thank you very much. Um, y- you guys are you're at the. Well, I don't know if you're there now, but you're at the LA Auto Show this week, correct? I, I, we are here, and I am here also. I'm. Uh, you are there, okay? Across the street. Great, awesome, across the street. So, uh, tell us about that. What's going on? Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, well, actually, the show and and the implementers are just doing a fantastic job. We've got a uh, uh, a large display, so we brought a, a corral of uh, about six cars, um, all kinds of flavors of solos. Uh, we even brought our e roadster. So uh, the solo versions that we brought um, contain a whole myriad of colors. We brought our convertible. We brought our uh, our our Crassadon, <laughs> which is a uh, which is a wolf out of British Columbia, but it's our attack vehicle. It's kind of nice. Uh, so it's just a bunch of fun vehicles that uh, that are solving all kinds of problems for urban mobility. Uh, so Kevin, is the the EV you know impact? Is there are there a lot of EVs there at the LA Auto Show? I imagine there are. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's get getting quite prolific, and I think it will become more and more uh, a standard. Um, it's what's kind of nice is you get to choose. So there's EVs for all kinds of different applications, kind of like the right tool for the right job. Um, we put our EV 
uh, right between the micro mobility space and a car. So uh, our vehicle is uh, basically one seat, three wheels, a million possibilities. <laughs> and you get to- Oh, uh, is, that, is, that, is that what you said? That's good. Yeah, that's how I do it. And then <laughs> I, what it is, is with, with this vehicle, you it's, it's a motorcycle essentially, but it's fully enclosed. It has got all the attributes and creature comforts of a car, um, power windows, heated seat. There's only one of them. You sit right in the middle of it like a Formula One. Uh, you get a great driving experience, super stable. Um, like I said, you can jump in the car, push the button and go. It's that convenient and that simple because it is exactly like being in a car. Uh, so I could go on the Electromechanical website right now and place an order uh, for uh, for a car. Uh, where are we on the delivery front, Kevin? Uh, we we started our deliveries on October 4th. Um, okay. We delivered 10 cars and, and on that day. Uh, we were actually in Hollywood. Uh, and we've been uh, doing the same uh, subsequently. We're, we're actually getting more orders than we can produce cars. We're, <laughs> we're pushing them out the door every week. Uh, who uh, who are what? these orders you, coming you from? Them right away. Who are these orders coming from? Like uh, we have a real of... mix of fleet yeah. uh, as well as uh, consumers. So on our first day, we delivered to uh, six uh, customers, six uh, standard users that uh, love the vehicle. And then we delivered to four different fleets. Uh, one of the fleets was uh, Skechers. Um, Ruby's Diner, if you're on the West Coast, uh, Cyber Yogurt. Uh, so there are all kinds of uses for the cars there. And, and same basic platform uh, with a little more cargo space on a few of them. Uh, so, Kevin, in California and a couple other Western states, I believe there's a kind of a tax credit or subsidy for consumers that want to buy an electric car. Um, is that why you're targeting these states for, for an early rollout adoption? No, not really. That's just icing on the cake. We, we picked... Uh, actually LA because of the urban mobility side. Our, our vehicle is, a, a, it's just about six feet wide. So a driving lane on the 405 is, is about 12 feet wide. So uh, the idea of having a lot of room, it's freeway speeds, it's not a problem over 80 miles an hour in the, in the vehicle, uh, 100 mile range. So it's great for transport. But once you get into the city, now it's really maneuverable. You can, you can get around the corners, you can slide through tight areas, you can park it almost anywhere. Um, and I said, with the range you have, if you're just driving urban around, you know, 20 miles here, 20 miles back, 30, 40, whatever it ends up being, it's a great daily commute. So the solution in the urban side of it is what we were targeting. We saw a lot of uh, congested urban traffic in L.A. That's why we went there. But then on top of that, they're also given a, a great rebate uh, and incentives uh, to, to boot. All right, so Kevin, you're not new to the company, but you are new to your role. You've been at, you've been the CEO of Electromechanica for, I think, about what two months now. Yeah. Um, yeah. tell us something that you didn't see coming about about this job, about this role. Uh, you know, it was it was kind of interesting when we started to uh, we we got got on our feet to improve the vehicle and start to scale it, and. We started to scale with the mindset uh, of the consumers, uh, you know, everybody utilizing it. There's there's 120 million people who drive to work every day by themselves. I don't care if they're in a Tahoe or they're in a Tesla, whatever, they're by themselves. And we thought for sure with 120 million people doing that, and there's only 20 million people that, that carpool. So we said, all right, let's go after and help the 120 million people drive a, a vehicle that heats up very quick because you got one quarter of the cabin to warm up or it cools down just as fast because it's just as small. And then all of a sudden the fleets started coming out and, and we saw this uh, really big surge of last mile delivery. And, and 
there's a lot of utility in the vehicle. I mean, we've got uh, our, our area just behind the driver um, goes from five cubic feet to eight cubic feet, and uh, it'll hold three big bags of groceries. Our cargo version will hold uh, 12 large pizzas. I mean, it's uh, it all of a sudden started to to really get a lot of attention. And then we saw even further things coming out where people were finding uses for for uh, inside of their campuses. They were using them for security patrol. Uh, they found them very convenient for other runners. So those were the part that 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 excitement started to build on top of the consumers. And, and now we have uh, uh, more capacity than we thought of originally. So that's the one that caught me a little off guard, especially because we were coming in to scale the business. So uh, we, we, our new plant uh, is going up in Mesa, Arizona. Um, we're doubling our capacity from our, our current production is coming out of Zhongshan in, in China, Zhongshan Industrial Group, um, 20,000 units there. And we'll have a 20,000 unit footprint here in Mesa, Arizona. So uh, probably have to scale up from that also. Well, that being said, how has the car automobile chip shortage affected production at all? Yeah, that's been a, a bit of a tough one. We took a real proactive approach so we have a two continent approach, right? So we're, we, as the OEM, are actually buying chips from the US market or Europe market and shipping them to where our production market is if they can't get the chips. So just in order to maintain flow, uh, we have to use a global approach to get to finding particular chips that keep our cars running and keep our production going. So uh, it's a little extra work. It's, 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 it's been an effect, but uh, I can't say it's stopped us at this point. Um, Probably the logistics and the port backups are are becoming uh, uh, a little more cumbersome because we now have to have multiple ports exiting where our, our product is coming from. And we, we don't have a lot of control on the local ports. Right. I, I don't know if you've done a Google Earth around the Long Beach port, but there's about uh, I think there's about 70 ships sitting out there. It looks like a big parking lot. Yeah, I, I did see an article yesterday about the um, Long Long Beach port that some of it's been. Uh, it seems to be like coming to a, a point where some of the, the containers are actually being uh, shipped back out. So the port might be getting some not clogged up as much. Um, do you think that we should anticipate uh, EV subsidies or tax credits kind of on a federal level to to help expand the rollout of electric vehicles? You know, I, I think electric vehicles have to stand on their own. I mean, personally, I, I, I don't complain about the federal subsidies and, and uh, the things that are going on to incentivize infrastructure for sure uh the infrastructure bill was just recently passed by the administration so hopefully that if uh, if we're going to leverage this type of propulsion electric vehicles we want to make sure there's convenient charging stations there's a similar investment that happened way back when gasoline was hitting the ground and we had to put gas stations everywhere now this is just a matter of making sure that there's plugs available in the most populated areas or even in between stretches of long distances to, to make sure folks can keep their uh, vehicles uh, powered with energy until we come up with the one that's grid independent. A bunch of good questions from our chat right now. Uh, Hertz Scrambler is asking about maintenance. That's a good question. Where, where, where do I go to take the solo for maintenance? Just any yeah, so old we've got a, Yeah, we, we've got an agreement. We did an announcement with uh, Bosch. Bosch service centers. So okay. uh, Bosch service centers are, are, are global, but we've uh, uh, targeted a group of them all along the West Coast where we're first delivering our cars. So the service center expansion is going to go along with our, our vehicle expansion as we go state to state in our deliveries. So uh, we've got a network and we've got a mobile network. So we, we keep a series of mobile uh, service vehicles. Um, we've got a special uh, way of handling things. If, if you're getting a flat tire, we 
we bring a tire and a rim and we just we just change it out right there. So we try to make it as convenient as possible for the simple things. And uh, really, there's not a lot of maintenance on the vehicle. Uh, you know, I, I mean, windshield washer fluid and, and consumables like brakes. But uh, yeah. if you get into a minor fender bender or a big pothole that that creates a situation, we, we definitely have the centers to help repair it. Uh, James is asking about the uh, Roadster. He's saying it's like their uh, uh, Solo's two-seater. Um, do you have any, any any thoughts on the Roadster? Is that, is, that, is that being rolled out right now as well or just the traditional one-seat vehicle? Yeah, it's just a concept. Yeah, so so our, our whole strategy around the Solo is really creating a product that the individual will really benefit on the day-to-day. Our e-Roadster is part of our specialty vehicles group. And that's where, uh, yes, we, you know, we've, we've created it. We're, we're putting a, a fantastic powertrain and we're making the same kind of excitement you get out of the single vehicle. We're engineering a lot of special things into that vehicle. And that, that's, that particular vehicle is a, a low volume retro vehicle. Um, you know, we've got all the rights to put it out, put it out there. But the whole idea is we keep uh, enhancing it. And, and that vehicle will come online uh, in about another year. So uh, what we're doing is we're letting people see uh, the shape of things that that can come in our specialty vehicles, but our mainstream flagship solo, if you haven't experienced it, we have 20 kiosks up and down the coast. So you can go see, physically touch, get in, ride in a test drive and really experience the solo. Hop out with a smile on your face because I haven't seen anybody hop out of one without a smile <laughs> and uh, uh, really get that experience under your belt. Then you can see how we've doubled it. How we've done the duo cool experience inside of our uh, our specialty vehicles. Uh, have you had any conversations with any delivery services? I mean, pizza delivery, or I know you guys talk about that as a use case. But have you have you had any conversations? Absolutely. Uh, so I, I I did mention. Uh, so uh, when we talk about our fleets, I have several customers, and we we don't have a full authorization. But yeah, there's there's a several very common delivery services that are looking into this. Um, they haven't quite made the jump to the autonomous side of things. And that's why they really like the vehicle because we have other safety features that are in the vehicle that help uh, the drivers. There's been a lot of uh, you know issues with the last mile delivery. We've been trying to solve a lot of those also. But uh, with our telematics and our other elements that we put into the vehicle, um, there's, there's some pretty big names and you'll probably hear some announcements uh, coming up uh, in the not so distant future. Uh, very good question here from Justin in the chat. Uh, I think you must follow the company. Uh, he's asking about the growth potential of the Mesa factory. I guess uh, first, uh, with regards to the Mesa factory, when will that be online? That's probably the first thing. And then he's asking about uh, the will your China factory be willing to expand its production targets? Yeah, so, so, so I'll start with the first one. Mesa will come online yeah. uh, mid next year, the mid 2022. Okay. Uh, the walls are all built. The roof is all on it. Uh, the interior walls are going in. Um, are, we have a full target of, of, of actually pushing the vehicle out uh, by the end of next year, validated and, and for sale in the public. We'll call that the solo U.S. vehicle just for a namesake. Um, uh, that, that facility and the growth potential, um, we have it targeted between 200 and 500 people. Um, we're starting our hiring process and our screening. Uh, that facility will not only have our manufacturing, we'll have uh, three lanes on a manufacturing line, um, which has more expansion in it. So our initial capabilities are 20,000 vehicles and it will go up past that. We have the, the room to put more in. But on top of that, all of our engineering is sitting there. 
So we'll have uh, 150 people in the front offices, as well as our engineering folks. And our engineering labs will also be there. And there'll be a myriad of charging stations all the way around the outside of the building. So if you come visit, you can plug in. <laughs> um, good growth, real big expansion. Uh, Zhongshan, our, our partner in China, who are, they will focus on the Asian market. So on that side of it, and they have the ability to expand. They have more floor also uh, as they start to look at the Asian countries. So great questions. Both of them are, are there's a lot of upward compatibility. And uh, I would not, I would say in our Mesa facility, we have LA facility we, for, for PDI and, and preparation and delivery. We have another PDI center in, in Arizona also that's currently doing PDI. So we have parallel uh, process delivery and inspection locations. They're about 15,000 square feet each. And this is where we, we set the vehicles up and just prior to delivering to the customer. So all of our inspections, just to make sure the vehicle and the product are there, those will stay online and they'll continue to grow as we migrate across the US also. There's a couple of questions here, and this is the last one we'll do, Kevin. I'll let you go, but uh, about your charging stations, and I guess uh, first off, uh, who was it in the chat? Dylan wants to know if you'll use plug power, um, but uh, just can you speak a little bit more about the charging aspect here? Yeah, we've so uh, charging stations. You know, we have a relationship with uh, ChargePoint. We have uh, our our vehicle is actually being registered and has been registered with all of the basic chargers, the Siemens folks, the okay. uh, the juice box folks, uh, you know, there, there's a myriad of names. Uh, and then on the commercial side of it, we're making sure that uh, on the apps, so this is kind of the important part, our vehicles have gone through all of their certification process. So when you go to the app to use one of them, Blink, whatever else it is, I mean, we have Blink mm -hmm. units in our mobile vehicles to go help charge. So we have charge point connections. You can find us on their app. Our car will pop up. And uh, yeah, you should be able to utilize any of those. Awesome. Beautiful. Kevin Pavlov, the CEO of Electromechanica, ticker S-O-L-O, -O, coming to us live from uh, across the street, at least from the LA Auto Show. Uh, I'm sure it's very exciting to be there. We wish we were there, but uh, it's good to talk to someone. This is a good consolation prize. So thanks for coming on today, Kevin. We appreciate the time. Thanks, Spencer. AB. I tell you what, we'll All give right. you we'll give you some good pictures, and we'll get you a test drive. We'll bring some vehicles to you so you can have some smiling too. How's that? Beautiful. Sound? I, would, I, I was going to ask. Well, wait, wait. We're in the Motor City. I don't know how. I don't know if that would fly. No, well, it'll fly. It'll we, fly. We, we like well, we like auto automobile innovation. But okay. I was going to ask, uh, Kevin, is that your Pavlovian? Uh, in, you see a solo and you smile. That, yeah, on. that's it. Our classical conditioning. That's how it works. But you know, I, I'm going to tell you that. I got a, a secret place up in Rochester Hills, and oh! part of our place is we're, we're doing our parallel uh, assembly line. Our conveyance line is all being designed up there, and then our footprint, the, the Crassadon and our, our oxygen, was actually built up there. So we have a footprint right there in Motor City. I'm, I'm a I think I may. I think I may have. I think I may have an idea of around whereabouts that is. So uh, was that was that public knowledge? Um, maybe not public knowledge, but that's where uh, that's where we're we're doing things in parallel, and we have plans to migrate. But when I promise I can oh, get a man. car near you, I know where I have one, and it isn't a long ship or a long drive. So. <laughs> All right, this was a very enlightening interview, Kevin. Thanks a lot for the time today. We appreciate it. You guys have a great one. Thanks, everybody. All right, you as well. Um, wow, um, I didn't know that. Did you know that? <laughs> I, I don't even remember anything else you just said. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm stuck we, we on the Rochester. A, we gotta get a tour out at that. I'm stuck on the Rochester Hills. Yeah, there. Rohan. I don't. I. My we, parents live out there. 
yeah we might have uh is that the same facility that we we got a tour of earlier in the year um no but it could be close rochester hills isn't where quite... were we auburn hills yeah we yeah were you're hills. a dude come on okay <laughs> it's a different town i have an idea of where he's talking about uh, Auburn Hills, Rochester Hills, potato, potato. The What's thing. the difference? They're, yeah, suburbs of. All right. Well, that's good to know. Good to know we've got a solo somewhere in our vicinity. Looking forward to uh, potentially getting a test ride. That. That let's make that a can we make that a rock for Q1. Yeah, like a, a team wide goal, or let's make it a rock to get into one of those things. Let's, let's get it hooked up with some cameras. And, Very uh, nice. All right. Okay. Let's. Uh, Smash a like for Kevin for solo. Let's bring on Jesse Kaler from Elite Trading. Jesse was laughing at me in the chat before, so uh, let's bring him on the show here, and he can explain to me the concept of a limit order because apparently I don't understand. Uh, Jesse, what's up, man? No, um, there's an echo there, but um, I wasn't laughing at you with the limit order. You mean um, with the whole AB thing when he was trying to figure out whether he was buying a credit spread or debit spread? Or oh no, I thought you were laughing at me about the the, the IPO thing, the, the the limit order on on whatever. IPO oh, I was laughing just because you were making me laugh, asking the guy what he was doing, trying to buy two dollars oh, oh. out of the month. Like I was just yeah, you're right. right. Like, I don't know why understand. you would do this. Oh, I thought I thought you understood. I didn't understand. So. No, I Wait, didn't what? understand either. I'll show. Oh. I'll sell him those for two. Dollars and fifty cent profit right, right now. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> what? Aaron? Um, Jesse Jesse posted a trade in the chat a few minutes ago where he said he was setting a hundred dollar stop loss. I forgot what it was though. On Nvidia, Nvda. Oh, on a call. Uh, no, on a put. On a thir- uh, yeah, had- you said thirty nine, uh, thirty nine two and a half <laughs> put. Um, the color fade on the desk makes it. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um. Yeah, so so I I, I want to show you here. I'll pull up my Robinhood real quick, Jesse, and we can look at this. So if I went to go place this trade right on Nvidia, if I right. wanted to, oh wow, it's it's coming down now. It so is. if I wanted to buy this put, so say you were you doing one that expires on Friday? Yeah, but see, in my opinion, this is where earlier when I was talking about we were at like two ninety six right before it broke down to the downside. That's when um was that was the entry, and I've already exited the trade. Got it. But I just want to I just want to do this so I know. So for oh sorry, this is a call. I want to put or sorry, now I gotta unclick this. So if I want to buy this put right here and I go to wait, why is buying a put green? Uh because it's in the the puts are in the green today. Oh, because oh, we're in the money. Okay, right. okay. Well they're good. just all up. Like you can see the change. Because they want to confuse you with colors and confetti. <laughs> wait, <laughs> that's just confusing. So so Jesse, so I I'll zoom in right here. So I go uh here to stop limit order that's why i put a stop loss in right correct yeah yes okay so if i want one contract my limit price is what i'm paying to buy the contract correct correct yes that's what you're willing to pay so say i'm willing and like to pay right there bucks. you want to put it at eight set why would you want to pay more no so no no, no. Like, you'd want to put this no, no. at eight yeah AB, 75 AB. and go for the big price put it below the market yeah, but I mean, okay. I, I'm, I'm not actually buying this contract. I want to just do this so I know. If you're playing like to... Tesla, if you're in a hurry and you're like, I don't want to miss this because it's just jumping up. Right, and I just want to get it filled. I just want to get it So then do a market order. What is the point right. of a limit order? Well, this is don't... the only way to put the option contract. All right, right fine. There. Okay. So, yeah, if I go here, I have the option of doing uh, limit order or stop limit order. There's no market order on, on Robinhood for options. So if, if let's just say I wanted to do oh, yeah, eight, no market order. 890 right. to, to make sure I got filled. So I would put my stop price at what a hundred dollars below it, so seven ninety. Seven ninety. So, but then, 
I, I tried this earlier and it said your stop price is at or below the current bid of 880 so your order will likely get triggered immediately so what i do is is i i would buy it and then i would just put in an order to sell it to close the contract at a at a stop Certain i wouldn't price. i wouldn't okay. set it i wouldn't set it eventually like right in the very beginning i would just i would enter the position and then put in my uh, got it so i can try to do this with one of these contracts i've opened so i bought this microsoft call earlier microsoft ended up coming down um so the call is not doing well let's see so it's it's worth 36 dollars right now so i can sell the close so you're saying i can just put it out here at say i want to sell it at 25 if it gets down there that's essentially my stop loss if you you're selling the right to buy if you're doing it see i don't know how Robinhood works so i don't know what their terms are expressing but limit price to me means that you're going to sell it right now for 25 cents and it's going to fill but there should be a stop limit i don't know if Robinhood allows you to have stop oh, stop there stop limit order here there we go. go there it is so now, I do. now if you enter that then it won't do anything until the price reaches 25 and it'll try to fill at 25 once the contract so I, can, I can put it in here there. as like my stop price is 26 then my limit price is 25 so no 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 it, it would be all the way around the, the, the limit price okay so the the, the, the limit price is when your order will get like triggered yeah and 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 from there and then the next level down right that after that gets triggered then we go okay Let's fill you right at what price at your stop. Your stop should be below the limit. Okay. So, so the way they, they do, there's a little different then. So there was the way Spencer's saying, it's like, you're basically setting an alert to say, Hey, right. it's below your level. So now if it goes, it gets any worse from here, we want to get out of here. Right. Exactly. Got it. Um, so let's see someone in the chat option printing said you're, you're diversifying way too much, too many plays for a small Robin hood account. <laughs> I, I diversification. I what? I agree as well. I appreciate the feedback and I agree. So uh, I'm going to look to consolidate a lot of these trades, probably get out of a lot of them tomorrow. And I'm going to start a new new strategy where I only have like one to two contracts open at a time. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that's no fun. Option printing. I, I disagree with that. My portfolio, I, I, I'm doing pretty well <laughs> all time. It's Dude. just I've had a, I've had a rough go the past few months. He's learning. Um, he's learning live. He's learning. Yeah, live. I, I've taken a lot of profits off the board, as you can see. I don't get this right. So Robinhood says I'm up this amount, but then it says I'm down this percentage. It makes. Did no you take money out of your portfolio? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's, so you've you've taken profit off that you've already. Right. So this is how much I've actually made trading options on Robinhood, but for some reason it says I'm down more than 100 percent no no because no, your no. portfolio that's is your down balance that that's your balance when you take money out your balance will go down correct right so they they say okay what was the highest balance he's ever had but this is still correct like this amount of money is how much i've made trading options on robin hood right i don't know you're asking me i don't know i, I, I don't know how it works either <laughs> I'm so not ab on, on that nvidia i had the 272.50 put right uh no 292.50 right no, two seventy-two fifty. Maybe I. Oh, missed, you had two seventy-two. Yeah. Okay. So, so that was just because when you were when you were talking about it, you were like, okay, I'm going to do a call spread, right? Is that what you have on your screen? Called a debt. You did a debit spread. Sorry. I did a debit spread. Yeah. And at that moment, they were breaking down to the downside. So I can I do on my trading account on Weeble. I have a cash account, so I can just trade as much money as I have in the account every day. Multiple trades. I could do twenty-five to a hundred trades, right? Because so you're not using any margin. No margin, not not in that account, right? And so that for me that move, if it, if I make like right now, if I'm looking at it made um, 
22.7%. So I made $44.50 on that contract within like 15 minutes, right? Yeah, not bad. So I'm like, I'm out. I don't, I, I take the, my risk didn't happen. That hundred dollar stop I had. Now, some people would, it's like, why wouldn't you hold it overnight? Let the gains keep going. But I like to realize that profit because I already had that target in mind. You know, I'm willing to risk a hundred bucks to gain, to gain 50 in, in my mind in a quick trade. Now, most people would say that's backwards. And that's usually how I show you is that that risk reward is backwards. But on a move where I'm carrying it over for a swing play, I would want that to be, you know, a hundred hour stop looking for a $200 profit. Got it. Makes sense. Um, yeah. Options printing again, good uh, feedback for me in the chat saying, you know, you got to start compounding. You should, you know, you need bigger funds and bigger plays to compound the gains. Too many plays will only gain so much. Uh, option yeah, printing. He's, yeah, he's right. If, yeah, option yeah. printing. If you're, if, if right. you're, a, you know, you've got experience trading options and you've got some good trades for us, you can hop on the show with us anytime. Uh, please email us anytime, anywhere options printing at shows at Benzinga.com. Would love to learn some from you. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to, it's like a little fun thing for me. I'm not trying to like make a living or anything trading options, but I like to do it. So I'd like to get better at it. Um, and, and my man, Jesse right here is going to help me as well. So Wait, Jesse, what are you watching this today? Besides drip? We know, yeah, let we, me pull up your screen. We know you're watching drip, but, but what, what are you watching here? Um, so Nvidia. We, we knew that. So we knew Nvidia. So we can pull up. Um, I honestly, today I did a trade on Tesla and did really well. I actually uh, bought the puts at the 1115. Uh, marker right when it broke down right right around in this area i got in when it started wicking down because the fact that of a matter for me was it was just severely overbought and uh excuse me because I, I had a little cold over the, the over the last week so if i sound a little raspy guys let me know i'll speak up a little bit but um i bought that and i made you know about 500 bucks in, in a few seconds and i'm out you know i just took oh. the profit and, and got out and nice. Once I did that for the day, I, I wasn't feeling the greatest, wanted to make sure that I you listen to the show and listen to the interviews. And I haven't really been watching the market that much today. So I'm not going to lie to you. So if the chat has any stocks they want us to pull up, they can let us know. I know somebody earlier wanted to get an opinion on plug. I told them that 42 is a key support level. If it breaks 42, that you're going to go down to $40.50 in my opinion, or you have an upside of 25 cents, 20 cents to the upside if it broke from 42. So it looks like it went to 42, found support, and we're looking about 20 cents to the upside, right? 30 cents now. And this right here to me, whoever was asking that question is you, you're, you're at a key area here. You're at basically a port, part where you're looking to find some support. If it won't find it, then you're going to come back down to this next level, which is down here in this 41 area, right? $40.50, 41 area. But you could also come back for a 50% retracement from 45.34 and 41.98. So what do I mean by that? You go here to a long position and you say, okay, I want to go look for a target for it to come back and take back some of this move and give it back to you. Well, in my opinion, you've got to stop right here underneath the low and you can even bring this in a little tighter if you want to kind of make sure you get filled, but there, there's your risk reward ratio. And it's, it, it's a 4273, maybe 4250 if you're not trying to be too greedy and that could be your mark. So, there's your opinion on plug for technicals. And that's a 15 minute chart. That's a today move, um, possibly tomorrow. Oz has been asking about Rivian. Uh, I got in on this when we were all talking about it. Um, yeah. Last, last week, I think, or whatever yeah. the day was. 
was it RIVN? Yeah, 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 it was RIVN. It was it was last Wednesday. Yeah, it was last Wednesday. So I got in when I told you at the one ten mark, and I said, "Hey, I'm going to get in at one ten with a one hundred five stop loss," and it never reached. So I, I'm still holding. <laughs> holding for what? Wait, what is this? What is this for you? So I, I I I sold. I only bought five shares, and I sold four of them. And I'm like, I'll hold one just to never never look nice. at it again. Kind of, you know, just. Why not? With this right. market, you never, know. you never know. With this market, I, I've, I've been the guy laying in bed just like you from the March plays, saying, you know, like Plug Power. When I see these names like Plug Power, um, yeah, what's the other Blink, um, yeah. Solo, even um, a lot of names that. Uh, what's the other Fuel Cell? These are all names that I had hundreds of options for two for for twenty twenty three at a dollar. And look where that what they'd be worth now. Some of these look at look at plug. What's a plug power option for next January or the January following? You know what's that going for? I was buying them at fifteen twenty cents. You know. Uh well well considering plug has been pretty hammered, right? Are they not? Uh, I don't have to. I I mean even even I mean, though though I mean, a dollar. We, yeah, all right. You're right. You're right. Because we're still off 42. So okay. Okay. Who, uh, who's asking, to the upside. Okay. Who's asking in the chat? Who is it? Trade money about Airbnb. Airbnb. He wants to buy the dip in Airbnb. Um, there ain't much of a dip. I mean, I, I see we're down six, seven bucks today, but I mean that really ain't much of a dip here. We're wait. Do do we do we make a new? No, we didn't make a new all time high. All time highs from is at two seventeen. So or two nineteen. Excuse me. So this ain't much. This is a good debt to buy to me for uh, yeah. for me in Airbnb. I mean, I'm already long, but and I'm long from one twenty something. I don't know. Nice. Uh, one thirty. I don't know. Um, this this is this is the kind of this is perfect. This is the kind of dip where like if you know, hey, I want to buy Airbnb, you buy it today. You buy it today. Jesse, what do you think? I agree. I mean, it looks like if you had any doubt in your mind maybe 198 you can get in if you want to get another two bucks out of it but 200 seems like a, a pretty for sure. smart pull. just a for sure just a hey yeah, this is buy me you know yep yeah and, this yeah this looks good i mean of course i'm biased i'm already long but like this looks like a good dip to buy if i want to buy sell the 170 puts or the 185 puts if you you know somebody could do that as well um, if they don't want to buy 100 shares of a 200 stock you know uh, AB, that's an AB move right there. If AB likes the stock and he's like, "Man, I wish I would have bought this at one Should I? You said I should sell some puts. I don't even know if I can do that in my Robinhood. What happened with the trade that you had? Didn't we do Roblox together? Um, you asked me yeah, my that, opinion on that. Yeah, that didn't that wasn't that good for you. Yeah, I told him to maybe? sell the eighty fives. I forget. And it went to yeah. one twenty three from a hundred, so you would be. They'd be I know, but I, I, I zero I can, for I can that trade. person. I can trade spreads on here. I just don't know if I have the collateral to like sell outright puts. Let me check right now on Airbnb. I mean, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. If I wanted to sell, um, well, shoot, now my screen's frozen. All right, so say I wanted to sell puts that expire December seventeenth on Airbnb. Um, for one eighties, I, I would I would get about so for one eighties, I'd get two forty eight in credit. And how much buying power do you need for that? Um, more. A lot. <laughs> I'm making that up. I don't know. All right, let's see. It should tell me. 
who was it? Who just said that in the chat? Justin's got. Uh, I would need eighteen grand of collateral to sell those uh, one eighty puts. That makes sense because I would need eighteen grand to buy a hundred uh, shares at one eighty. So, um, yeah, so basically that's all you're doing. You're putting up the. You just don't. It's basically saying, "Hey, I can put it up, but I don't want to spend it right now." But um, let's see here, one ninety two. So they're only selling for 19 cents. Yeah, there's not really worth anything doing it this week. So um, not a lot of volatility. I mean, yeah, I mean, 199. Look, we're going to go for that 198 in Airbnb, I guess. And then 192 is your next target to the downside. If they really wanted to test that again one more time, but I don't think you're going to get there. I think you're going to possibly touch 197, 198. But on Airbnb, I might have to look into getting some of that myself. Um, yeah, the do thing you with use Airbnb, Airbnb, Spencer? Do I use it? Yes. Yeah. I, well, I mean, not like all over hotels. Do you choose, do you, like? Is there a preference? Um, no, it, it, it's a case by case situation. Um, kind of depends where on my travel. Where, where am I going? Am I traveling with friends? Without friends? Yeah. Like, if I'm if I'm in a bigger group, I think it makes sense to get Airbnb. If it's just like myself, or... we we actually looked at. You know, because we, we were looking at wedding venues last weekend, and we actually looked at it doing it at an Airbnb, staying in Airbnb. Wow. Yeah, I'm see, my, when I got married in our honeymoon, we had to use an Airbnb because we stayed in the mountains in Colorado, so we couldn't use a True. hotel. There right. weren't any hotels 10,000 feet up up there. Dude, Airbnb has got to get in the wedding in the wedding event game. That's yeah, like a do. venue. Like, Dude, the, the, different yeah. venues that yeah. you can Airbnb out. Just Dude, like Airbnb that. for weddings. Oh, my gosh. You heard it here first. Um, and George in the chat disagrees. I, I, the big thing, uh, he's, he thinks COVID is still going to weigh on the stock and weigh on consumer trends. Um, I, the one thing I'll say is like, there is this new thing, uh, and I, I hate like new terms like this, but like the workcation, right? Because we're all working, not, a, not all of us, but a lot of us working remote. You can just go somewhere, work remote, and do like a pseudo work slash vacation thing from wherever, right? Um, so I don't know. I like Airbnb. That's why I bought it. Right um, now, uh, Justin in the chat said buy 2023 um, options for okay. solo. So, in my opinion, it's a, it's a th- under four dollar stock. Am I right? Am I correct? I haven't looked at it. Yes, yeah. it's three sixty nine. Why not just buy the nice. shares? Right. Ex- see exactly right when you're when you're when you got a three four dollar five dollar stock. That's 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 a call option, right? That's what that's the same. It's the same cost. I guess yeah. the idea is le- the the idea is leverage, right? Would that be the idea? The idea, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, I guess you would. Uh, I don't know. You're paying for the same thing to happen. I don't. I don't know. I, if you wanted to go up fifty dollars a share and you buy calls, thinking you're going to be like, man, I'll be making a lot of money, then buy a thousand shares and let it ride. But I mean, I guess the premium aspect of if a stock, if this thing was to blast to. Fifty dollars in one day, then your options would have such a crazy value. But who's going to are, are you going to have a market for people to buy them at that price? Yeah, that ain't going to happen. They Not might show day. you that they're worth a thousand, but there's only a guy out there willing to pay a hundred bucks for them. Yeah, that, that happens to a lot of people that I've I've seen that happen a lot. If the if the price doesn't sustain, I could see a scenario where a solo goes parabolic. It already did once. I could see it happening again. Uh, but I would I feel like it, it would have to for that to happen we would people would first have to really see these things on the road because it's not 
like a sexy new. They need a celebrity age. endorsement. They need some yeah, celebrities but, it's not the like same as like Fisker. It's not the same as Rivian. He's got these sexy new trucks. He's sexy. I, I just think about it like for myself. Like I, I'm an individual. Like I should be in their target demographic, right? I don't have a family, don't have a wife, anything like that. But I still wouldn't want to not have the opportunity uh, or the option of like, oh yeah, Spencer, like hop in my car. We're going to go see a movie. Tonight. You know, I like having five seats in my car. I don't have a huge car. I have a little Toyota Corolla, but I like the option of having seats. So they need the solo link where you can link your solos together oh, and then ride together. There you go. <laughs> or, 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 or a family solo where you, you buy a bundle deal. You get one for you. Uh, one for your spouse, and then like three little <laughs> ones for your kids, and your kids are just following you on the highway, like a little solo train going down. Yeah, <laughs> like a duck in its in its exactly. yeah, like a little yeah. train. <laughs> All right, we're going. I don't know. I mean, I, I see I see Solo and Arkhamoto pretty similarly, so I think we just have to wait and see like what the consumer sentiment is if we will see adoption. I think the the B two B component of it is very interesting they uh solo and arkimoto both kind of have talked about similar uh as far as delivery for delivery vehicles campus security things like that so i'm just gonna hold wait, out and wait and see is solo adoption. the new segue is that what that is it's the new segue the segue <laughs> of the future segways from the 2000s like your little solo can go on to like a little train track eventually and they're just going to link in and be like little subway links all the way yeah, across. Yeah, that'd, that'd be cute. I like that. All right. Well, we'll keep right, an so eye out. What are your thoughts on like the meta like the meta ETF here? Oh, I mean, I, I, I think we... It, look, it's it, it's it's a tech ETF. It's right. Like what is yeah, it? It's top, hold, it's top holding is NVIDIA, it's, Amazon. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to trade with tech. C-Limited. It's going to trade with tech, but... And my like, what my, my where am I going with this? Is where do you guys you know do you think that this is a space that you're going to be investing in? Period into stocks that are going to be related. Yeah, but to so the I I think it's one of those cases where sometimes we we can be too early. Like where it's I think still, Spencer said that the other day too. Yeah, I agree with Spencer on that. It's like two you know here two three years down the line once it's a little bit more established the metaverse then we might see more investors coming in and, and really driving these prices up. But for now. Uh, you're really just investing in an, in an idea and maybe it, it, it it's I mean, it's fine if you want to get into it now and hold it for 10, 20 years. But I, I might rather wait and see uh, what's going on and then maybe here in a year or two try to get in before it really takes off. I've got a lot of growth already, Jesse. I've got cannabis. Okay. I've got freaking esports. I've got biotech. I've got um Airbnb, crying out loud! I, I, I've so got you need a lot some physical. Of, I, I, I've got an ARK ETF, ARKW. I don't need more. Both, all right, I've got enough. <laughs> that's that's See, I don't. I honestly don't at the moment. So I'm looking for like, you know, what am I? What do I want to? What I'm kind of in that uh, that space right now with my children. I got a son that's going to be 13 next month, and he has is really smart. He's enlightening me. He's interested in stocks. He's interested in you know how companies work and businesses and engineering and degrees and he's started asking me more questions and he started talking to me about the metaverse and asking me what kind of ideas do I think that I could come up with because he knows what I do is try to recreate you know recreate or create new new ideas for my companies and what I do but one thought process is a lot I don't know if it's a purely about metaverses is more about the NFTs and like cryptocurrencies and how they're going to be involved and different ways smart contracts could be in place but i had an idea where 
what you know what if the future is kind of like what you said about disney what if we start buying um instead of amazon charging you a monthly premium or uh benzinga charging you a monthly premium what if you just own zine coin and that gave you access to benzinga pro you had a certain amount you have to have a certain amount of coin to get you into pro get your subscription to the services and then there you're getting value for actually buy for buying into the company and using their services you're actually gaining stock or getting getting something out of your money that other than just a service so like let's say that if you owned a certain if you spend a certain amount of money a year in amazon or a month buying the stock you get the service got it yeah well keep us keep us uh in the loop on, on what you guys yeah. come up with between you and your son maybe we'll have a good investment opportunity there uh but yeah jesse thank you as always for coming on the show today we'll talk to you again uh yes yeah, next, we are we are going to do a show next wednesday i don't know cool. maybe we'll be here well, but... oh yeah thanksgiving you just said this morning. I know. I haven't. I haven't figured everything out yet. But yeah, so let's wake up to Nvidia. Is going to be down 15 points tomorrow. See you in the morning. <laughs> All right. See you in pre-market prep. Yep. All right. Let's bring on our next guest here. I see him lurking backstage. Gareth Soloway in the money. I'm loving the name. In the money stocks. Where's he at, Ab? There Gareth, is. How we doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We are great. Great to have you back on the show. And of course, your wonderful setup. Got eight monitors behind you. So I got to ask, what's on the monitors today? What are you watching? Oh, man. I mean, today we were trading uh, Target earlier today. Uh, nice little dip on that chart. Um, that came on the back of earnings. So that was a nice little dip. Uh, one of the things, and let me see if I can show my chart here. I think it would be helpful. Yeah, you can. Um, let's do that here. But um, one of the things going into the earnings announcement that kind of gave me a little negative bias was that just before earnings, the stock went into a beautiful double top right there. So you knew it was trading into resistance going into the earnings announcement, which gave you, you know, there's never 100% in terms of any probability, but it gave you the bias, the probabilities that it would trade down on earnings. And sure enough, it did. And then you could see right here, this little pivot low basically was the bottom support today. So that was a nice little area of support on that. And then you saw action on like Visa. Visa was a good one today. Big drop on that for Visa doesn't drop 6%, 6.5% very often. And that's really come in quite a bit off of the highs. I've been watching this level down here. It's still got a ways to go, but 193 and a quarter looks really interesting as a support level on Visa. So yeah, I mean, bottom line is it's always a pleasure to be with you guys. And, um, and I'm willing to talk whatever you guys want to talk about. Okay, I, I want to ask uh, not about a specific stock here, but you know, our last guest, we we saw his charts. He uses Trading View. Gareth, he used TradeStation. Uh, what? Why? What, what? What is it about TradeStation? Is it just what you've always used? Yeah, back in the day, I used something called Realtick, and then they charged you three hundred dollars, and and they actually put a, a a tax kind of on every trade, so they would charge like an extra dollar per trade if you used their software. So I had to find something that was pretty comparable, and and TradeStation was, and this is many many years ago. And then I just become a creature of habit. Once you learn yeah. how to use something and you trade with it, if you switch, it's like a new learning curve you have to go through. So so I've just been with TradeStation now using their software, and I'm very used to it, and I do it quickly when I have to trade. And so I think there's so many good softwares out there today. Everyone has to compete. But it's whatever you're used to, whatever you're speediest with, because trading is mm. is all about time. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way with, with the platform I trade on that I'm used to it now. So what you know, what's the point in going somewhere else? Um, but Gareth, I wanna I wanna look at a couple stocks with you that that are getting ready to report earnings, and maybe we can see if the um, there are any tea leaves to say in the chart, like what you saw in Target. Uh, so why don't we why don't we start with Nvidia? Oh, of course, I had a feeling that one was gonna come up. 
So I am short NVIDIA, full and fair disclosure. Um, doesn't mean I'm going to be right on earnings, but but I certainly think that it's overdone to the upside. Um, so one of the things that pops out at me is this candle right here on the NVIDIA chart. It gapped up and you saw massive sell side volume basically hammering it back down. And since then, it's basically been trading sideways. So it is down today a little going into earnings. Uh, I'm in the camp that, again, you know, this stock has run up from a low just in October. So just a month and a half ago, 196 to, you know, $320 at the highs up here. That is a massive, massive move on a stock of the size that NVIDIA is. So I'm in the camp that the valuation has to come back in. Having said that, they're going to beat earnings. They're going to beat revenue. That's not a question. The question is, do they beat it by enough <laughs> to justify the price, right? So Yeah, we, 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 we. We saw that uh, a couple quarters ago where all the big tech companies beat revenue, beat, uh, got, you know, everything was good in the earnings, but that was all priced in. And, you know, like the Amazons, yeah. Facebooks, Apples didn't beat by enough. So even though they reported record earnings, the stocks traded down. So yeah. uh, we could definitely see something similar with NVIDIA. I, I think on the on the bull the bull case for the earnings report is that they, they might have great earnings and also say, oh, and hey, by the way, this chip shortage we've been dealing with is being resolved and we're going to go, you know, full steam ahead 2022. So uh, who knows? This is definitely yeah, one we're going to be watching. Into their earnings. guidance, their guidance could be spectacular. You're right. And again, I think the big question is and I expect their guidance to be good. Like you're saying, the question is, does the run up in price over the last month and a half? already factor that in and honestly i don't know probably sure. yeah i just but so so, sure. so to your point that you're short nvidia but you're expecting a great earnings report mm -hmm. um if they do report great earnings and have good guidance and the stock is up tomorrow would you be looking at adding to your short position at these levels, yeah, I would be. I would definitely be looking to add at the, these levels. One of the things I'll be watching is this high from that reversal day. So I'd prefer if NVIDIA is up, and again, it could be up $25 and still be under this high pivot at tomorrow's close. But 323, 324 was the high of that reversal day. I'd prefer to see NVIDIA stay on a daily closing basis below that level. And then that still gives you a very successful level to trade against, where as long as it doesn't close above, you would you would be on the bearish side, but absolutely, I would be looking to to add. And again, it's the same thing with like Tesla. I mean, these stocks, Rivian, we've seen Rivian just go absolutely insane. There's just so much money in the system. People don't care about fundamentals. In in, in many cases, technicals are inconsequential until it's super super extended, um, because there's, the Fed has just flooded so much money into the system. Now the Fed is starting to pull back on that. The question is, how long does it take for them to pull back significantly, or will they ever pull back significantly? Got it. So the other stock on my radar reporting earnings tomorrow before, uh, pre-market is Alibaba. I know this is one we've talked about before, yeah. Gareth. Um, you know, so Spencer and I were talking about this earlier. Some of these growth stocks have, you know, become so massive and make so much money that there's an argument to be made that some of them are value stocks. Apple, uh, you know, is well, one I wouldn't call Alibaba a value stock. Well, right. But what I'm going to say is what, what's interesting yeah, about it is yeah. when you look at the fundamentals, the P.E. is right. about what is it? 20. It's trading well below right. uh, sales to, to earnings of other stocks. So I, there's, I'm not going to call Baba a value stock, but I think there's an argument to be made there. Yeah. No dividend, no value stock. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, 
this is the key is right. It's trading at a discounted PE ratio because it's China, right? So with right. the uncertainty of regulatory issues and all that stuff, that's knocking down all the China valuations at this point. The question is, you know, what do you see in three years from now, two years from now, do they clean up that issue? Does the regulatory stuff get passed? And then these companies are just full steam ahead. And I think that's where the value is. If you're looking at these stocks, they're trading down here for a reason. I would just like to point out the last time we were on Alibaba was definitely like around $150 and it did make a run all the way to 180. I actually did take profits on that run up. I haven't bought back in yet, but I certainly am eyeing it for a buyback at these levels. Cause it was, that was a great run. I mean, I still remember last time we were on, it was down here. We were questioning, is it going to make a move? And certainly it did. Well, yeah. So wait, what, what triggered that buy? I'm just curious because obviously everybody, a lot of people like buy on the dip. You bought the dip, but what, what, what triggered that? When? Yeah, that's a great question. So for me, I believe it was looking at some support levels down here. It was coming into a ton of supports on the daily chart. So I was kind of analyzing and saying, okay, you're into these little pivot lows. Then you have this support right down here. And there was just, I mean, looking at the oversold nature of that, I mean, for a company that at one point was closing in on a trillion dollar valuation, now I think it's 400 billion, 450 billion down here. Wow. You know, you get to some point where you have to say, okay, is this really uh, worth this or is there more value? Then you say, okay, the chart has major support here. At some point, it tips the scales to say, okay, I want to give it a shot or I'm willing to take the risk and give it a shot. And, and, you know, sometimes it may not pan out and that's always a risk, but at least with an Alibaba, you're, you're talking about best of breed in China. You're not talking about some little tiny small cap. That's kind of crappy. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we see Baba trading down today, a, a couple of the other Chinese companies, uh, who Baidu reported today. Yeah, Billy, they're there this morning, but Billy Billy. JD's tomorrow. JD's well. tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think on, on a, Bad earnings report, or if the stock's trading down, I'd be I'd be looking to add on, on that dip. Because, uh, like you said, I mean, if we start looking two, three years down the road, then it becomes a different story of oh, what's the stock doing tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't know if you had any any sentiment, positive or negative, going into earnings for JD or Baba. So I, I think Alibaba will beat earnings estimates and beat revenue. I don't know by how much. Um, the question is how much will investors say? Okay, they beat, so let's rush in, or is it more of a okay, they beat, but the regulatory concerns are still too big for us, you know. Um, you know, it, it's. I know Biden was meeting with with Xi in the last couple of days. I haven't heard any positives out of that necessarily. I was hoping to because I would have thought that would have kickstarted maybe a rally in the Chinese stocks. Instead, we're seeing them down today. But um, but keep an eye out for any positive comments with relations between the U.S. and China. I mean, I think that's such a major issue right now for these stocks is, you know, you can't have this kind of cold shoulder, cold warish type thing going on. If you can get, you know, the tariffs maybe rolled back, free trade again and opening up. And again, that may be a long shot, but that's where these things are just gangbusters to the upside with huge upside potential. Got it. So, yeah, we're still waiting for that catalyst to show that there's some – uh, of the regulatory fears easing in China before we're really going to see these Chinese names start running again. Yeah. Um, what about j just, uh, I was crazy. I was literally just going to ask you about QQQ. <laughs> uh, going into 2022, uh, you know, we, we were talking about this earlier, just with so much uh, fear of inflation, you know, bond yields upticking, you know, would you be, uh, are you looking to be short QQQ? Would you be a buyer? What, what's, what's your thought on this? Yeah, so, so I'm definitely a long short trader. So I'm long some of the China stocks, not Alibaba at this point, but I do have some of these value names. Viacom is one of them that I'm long right now. Um, the value names that I think that if the markets do turn down sharply, won't necessarily get hit. For instance, you know, stocks that pay a dividend 
oftentimes when interest rates go up, they actually do better versus tech, which falls. So I look at this channel. I mean, this is one of the most amazing channels you'll find here. It goes all the way back to 2019 for this top line. And you can see every time you hit this line, you pull back over and over again. So I'm just using that line to my advantage. I shorted it right up here. It's pulled back. Now it's kind of inched up. But again, notice today, right at the highs there, it started to pull back on the QQQ again. So as long as this line holds true, I'm just kind of looking to short the NASDAQ 100 into it with potential for downside going back to this lower channel. So it's basically like a pinball play where you short the highs, you buy the lows until proven otherwise. And yeah, I think I think you want to be short technology here with interest rates going up. And then you want to find some long plays just in case the market continues to grind that will pay you but are lower risk in a down market sell-off. Well, interest rates... I mean, they're probably going up, but we don't really know that. And and if they do go up, they won't go up a lot, right? So, yeah. I mean, that's like a that that's like a long term. That's like a multi year story we're talking about for, on the interest rate front now. Yeah, you, unless you right th- unless you think that. the expectation is already is already there. So, so I think I think that interest rates are going to be allowed to go higher. It seems like the Biden administration is starting to get a little bit more defensive on the inflation and the impact on the middle class and the poor. Um, so they're starting to kind of push the Fed in a little bit more of a hawkish mode. Um, the the markets still don't believe that the Fed will ever have a backbone, though. They think that you know as soon as the market sells off, the Fed will loosen again and things will go right back up. So there's this weird dichotomy of back and forth of what's true, what's not, how much inflation is tolerable, will the Fed really ever stand up? But I I agree with you that interest rates really, I mean, how high can they go with the amount of U.S. debt that we have? And we're still piling on more and more every single month and year, you know, maybe two, two and a quarter percent. But the question for me is, if we do get to two percent, where's the NASDAQ 100? Is it down 10 percent from here? If that's the case, then I'm okay with my shorts here. That's a longer, that's a long term trade. No, well, I mean, yeah, that would... that's the question, right? I mean, you, you, for me, I look at it like once. So the 10 year topped out at 1.75%. We're trading around 1.63, 1.61 today, I think. If we break 1.75%, I, w- I would almost wager that within two weeks we'll be at 2%. You know, it's kind of a breakout play there. So, so I think that once it happens, it's going to be very, very quickly. My guess is it's sooner than later that we do break above 1.75% with this inflation that we're seeing. And again, some of the commentary coming from the administration. All right. What what else is on, is on your radar here, Gareth? As we sort of come to you know the back half of this week, we're going coming into a shortened week next week. Uh, typically, one of the lower volume weeks of the year. Um, any other catalysts you, 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 you're sort of watching here? And then we'll take some questions from the chat. Yes, I think I think for me, it's it's definitely keeping an eye on anything inflationary. We saw you know homes home sales today or some home data today that was a little bit weaker. We know that Zillow came out and said, "Hey, we're." we're we stink at picking, you know, what houses to buy and sell, even though that's our main business. I thought that was kind of ironic in many ways, but, um, but really it's, it's the data that's going to move interest rates. So anything that has inflationary repercussions is going to have an impact on the market. So, so that's what I watch every morning. Um, earnings announcements are awesome. It gives you volatility like on target today, but we're kind of getting outside of earnings once we get past Nvidia and a couple of these other stocks today. But yeah, I think for the most part, for me looking at it, it's interest rates, number one. And then for some reason, I still think that there's a chance of some sort of black swan event, like a deleveraging event, whether it's uh, Russia accumulating forces on the, on the Ukraine border, there's that kind of tension going on. 
you know, you have China and Taiwan, and then there's other stuff that I don't even see that could pop up when the market is this complacent. And the market is so complacent. I mean, you see it when people just pile into a stock like Rivian and it just goes up and up and up. You know, that's not healthy price action. That's something that's showing you the market is sick until it resets. I hear you. I want to agree with you, but that has proven to be not a wise trade. It's true. So, You're right. So, all um, right. I, I I spent all of twenty was it twenty sixteen? I think all of twenty sixteen sitting on my hand saying no 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 just wait there <laughs> we, we we can't sustain this just wait yeah. and then I missed out on like one of the best years that we've had in recent yeah years. and and let's let's so. be fair right you're a hundred percent right um for me it's kind of like at a point where you know am I gonna buy Tesla up here am I gonna buy you know Nvidia up here you know, maybe they go up another 20, 30%, but what if they drop 50%? So at, at a certain point, I'm okay sitting on the sidelines or looking for other opportunities yeah. versus taking a amount of risk. You know, if, if the limit, if the upside is somewhat limited in my view and the downside is getting bigger and bigger because these things are so inflated. So, you know, being in cash is not a bad thing. It kind of sucks. There's no action, but at the same time, you're ready to pounce when that next opportunity comes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good to be ready. It's good to be ready. I, you know, I, we all want to be the one to call it the top, right? Yeah. It's just easier said than done. So hard. I think, I, I think we're all conditioned by the environment that we grew up in and everyone grew, we all, a lot of us grew up in an environment in the shadow of the great recession. And yeah. so some of us watched the big short 10 times, right. Yeah. And, and they're heavily influenced by that. So, um, you know, Some of us watch Boiler Room. I mean, I'm dating myself, but that is a great <laughs> movie. That is a fantastic movie. Um, wait, wait is, is that the one with Giovanni Ribisi? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Where he's got the gambling, the, yeah, yeah, pump yeah, and yeah, dump kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah very yeah, cool yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, good movie. That's the one with Ben Affleck's in that one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah really young. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Um, okay, uh, if you, if you have any questions for Gareth, you want uh, his take on your. Uh, stock, drop it in the chat, and we will ask him. Somebody asked Gareth, I guess um, Malik. Going back to the talk about the Qs, Malik mentioned the the TQQQ. So, like, would you do, would you play the leverage or the inverse QQQ products, or just say straight up now? Nah, I'm just gonna buy some puts or short the Qs outright. No need to mess with any of these leverage or inverse products. Yeah, so so you definitely can do the leveraged ones, but you just got to understand what you're getting into, right? So so anything yeah. leveraged is eventually going to go to zero. So they're, they're utilized for very short-term trading. Like I usually say, you know, one to three month outlook. You don't want to hold it in a 401k for years. It, you'll you'll move, lose money even if the underlying asset goes in your direction. So, so I think if you're like, okay, I see this pivot point on the chart. I'm going to bank that this is going to bounce here. Then you can actually go long the triple triple longs or the or short the triple shorts. Um, but again, have a specific reason behind it, just so you're not just guessing and hoping that in the next year it works out. Peter Osuji wants you to get out your crystal ball, and he wants to know the future for Carmax KMX. Tell okay. us the future for Carmax. It's an easy ask, Gareth. Yeah. All right, well, you know, number one on my chart, so take, take a look at this. This is kind of a cool trend line. So it just tagged resistance. It's now consolidating. Um, I would say look for it to bounce. And this is these are swing trades to mind you. I'm not going to, you know, my crystal ball doesn't extend out to years. It's more months or, or weeks. Okay. But Fair. this would be your buy level on this pullback. Beautiful bullish move up into resistance. Notice how it's pulling back. Here's your pivot point right here. I would look to buy it. Price is around 143.65, 143.75. That would be a nice little buying opportunity there for another pop-up. 
see that. Hey, let's stick with uh, the car oh, just, theme. Just one more thing on that. All right. So yeah. the other side of the coin is you always want to look at the negatives, right? So if this thing continues down and ever breaks below this channel, lower trend line, then you got to exit. So basically below 130, you got to be out for sure. Let's stick with the theme and go to lots, L-O-T-Z, car lots. Been on the show before. Oh, man, that thing's been beaten up. Holy cow. Yeah. Okay, so a chart trading down like this in a market that's euphoric, something is amiss, all right? And I don't know. I haven't read into the company, um, but I would definitely do your due diligence before just in case bankruptcy is on, on the line here or anything like that. Um, if it's not and they have a decent balance sheet, then this certainly looks like it's a bottom fishing play that could you know, deal with a little bit of capital. Don't over leverage yourself. Don't overdo it. But again, make sure you look into it. Why is it trading at 52-week lows? Looks like all-time lows when when the rest of the market and other car play, plays are doing so well. Patrick Starr wants your view on PayPal. Poor PayPal. Oh, man, this stock. Yeah. It's, it was so in favor. It was such a monster. Yeah. Look at look yeah. at look at what a monster this thing was, and now it's just oh the times change. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it certainly has. So there was your trend line. You can see it kind of bouncing off that. Then it broke. So it broke trend, you know, right up here, and is now in a deep down move. Uh, looks to me like it's going to have decent support right here around one seventy to one seventy five. So lots of support in there. Uh, it looks like you might have one more down move coming. But yeah, I think right around 170, 175 looks like good support for a swing trade. And again, just a note, it is we're talking swing trades here. I'm not telling you where it's going to be in two years. But over the next year, you hit that on a straight drop, you should get a bounce back to 200. Got it. So Gareth, is there anything in the in the PayPal chart right here that would make you want to short it down to 175? Or would you rather just wait till it potentially got there and then buy then? Yeah, so so in general, once a stock is already down significantly, I start looking at my risk reward. And and again, if we talk about support around 175 or 173 here, um, I look and I say, okay, well, it's just above 200 here. Your downsides to that, so you have that much reward. And then if it were to really reverse, it could go back up here, back to these highs, back to this upsloping trend line. And my my risk is about 300 on that short. So the the risk reward to me wouldn't make sense. I wouldn't want to put myself in that position. Um, I, I look at it kind of like chasing at that point. Like, you know, why didn't I short it right? And this is a good question. I should have, frankly. But right here was your breakdown. That was your shorting opportunity right there. And you can see what it did once it broke this trend line. Um, always use the analogy where I use it. You know, if you're going to the mall and and looking for a pair of jeans, right? And last week they were 50 bucks, nice jeans, good quality jeans. This week you go in there $150. You don't say, oh my God, I got to buy those jeans today because they're now 150. But with stocks, we somehow want to chase, right? Whether it's Rivian to the upside or, or PayPal to the downside. Always try to remember that you're basically shopping and you want to look for sales. So whether it's shorting, you want to be near the highs. Going long, you want to be near the lows. Got it. That makes sense. That's a good analogy. Um, all right. We've got a couple more stocks in the chat. Probably pretty similar chart here, but Jesse wants to see Square SQ. Yeah, Square and PayPal kind of both in the Bitcoin area. Uh, yeah. The Square chart is a little healthier, so that's good. One thing that jumps out at me right here is you have a little head and shoulders pattern. So, so here's your shoulder. Here's your head. Here's your other shoulder. It hasn't triggered yet, so it's till, still technically safe meaning that it hasn't broken the support. But if it does break the support, this would be one like we were just talking about. 
on a break of support of around what line it would let's see at this line 225 so if it closed the daily chart below 225 you probably would jump on that short and you would look for a move down to about 192 or so and that would be a good good opportunity there. that's a classic head and shoulder pattern and again a break point should at least yield you this support here Got it. Let's do one more. Let's do one more for Noah. Let's do Coinbase. We might as well just stick with the theme. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Coinbase um, looks to me. So, it had this beautiful run up. I believe that was into earnings, right? And then it gapped down here uh, yeah. following earnings. Um, it looks like it's forming a bear flag. So, anytime you have this kind of candle, which we made in short term high, and then you reverse the next day. And then notice how you're consolidating inside of that drop. That's known as a bear flag or in spirit bear flag. So what I'd look for here is a time count, which is sevens, a seven count, one, two, three, four, five. So, so you're basically at five. You'd want two more consolidation days and then probably short this. The ideal short level would be this gap fill at 357.40, 357.30. Um, if it can get up there, pull the trigger on a short your stop would be any daily close above this high. So what I love about this is it's a very defined risk trade. So again, you know, let's just say it closes above 369 and you shorted it at three, what was this? At 357 and change, right? So you're basically talking about $12, $13 risk. If it plays out to the downside, you got downside to 280. So, I mean, the risk reward is fantastic on this. And again, you always want to know your exit strategy in case it doesn't work out. And this is a very defined low low risk play. Awesome, awesome. All right, Gareth Soloway uh, at Gareth Soloway is is his handle uh, in the money stocks. Uh, joining us here today on Binting Alive, and uh, tell the people where they can find you, Gareth. Uh, Twitter at Gareth Soloway is the best place. I post free content there, uh, free analysis, free chart stuff. And then if you like that, you just come over to InTheMoneyStocks.com, and I have a service where I give out my trades uh, live as I take them. And what, he, and what he didn't say was at night, he moonlights as Batman. That's right. I wish. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Gareth. Always hey. a pleasure to have you on the show, Gareth. Really a pleasure, guys. Have a great All rest right. of your day. Have a you good one. Same. All right. Hey, guys, we got to wrap it up. It is 2 o'clock. It is time for the roadmap. We're talking NFTs. First, they came for your art, and now they're coming for your music. What am I talking about? You'll have to watch the roadmap to find out. Coming up next, the roadmap on Benzinga TV. That's a wrap for us. Thanks to our guest today. Thanks to Gareth. Thanks to Kevin. Thanks to David. Thanks to Jesse. Thanks to everyone in our chat. Thanks to our producing crew, the people that are here. Thanks to Zoltan. Thanks to everybody. Thank you for watching. Hit that like button, please. And thank you. We'll be back tomorrow. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, 
and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.